What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanzi Dutacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. And this is T4Z Football Radio. Thanks so much for joining us today. We got a very special podcast here with Dave Simpson. Uh, Dave has uh, playing professionally all over the world mm-hmm. uh, and is currently working with uh, Pro Stars, the Pro Stars Academy. Yep. And so I just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I feel welcome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, just to give people a little bit of a, a little bit of a rundown. So, raised in North Scarborough. Yes. Raised in North Scarborough. Went over to Germany was your first stop? First stop in Germany. In Stuttgart, right? Yeah. Well, original first stop, I didn't stop. It was like yeah. a pass-through. Um, you know, it, back in those days, anyways, we used to go on tour. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, in playing uh, the one league, I think you just had like one elite league. So we played against like Woodbridge and stuff like that all the time. Uh, I can name off like people and they'll be like, oh my goodness, he knows them. <laughs> but I, I know him. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys know a guy named Tolly. Uh, but there was a famous guy back in my day named Tolly, who's older than me. Uh, so if he hears this, he'll know. Um, but anyways, we played there and uh, we did well in the league. Uh, and so we went over to um, Wales. And in Wales, uh, we, uh, we we did well. Um, they were surprised we were Canadian. Uh, we had an international team full of like Italians, Portuguese, you know, uh, West Indies and stuff like that. And we beat, we won. And from there, uh, I got scouted by a bunch of, of places. Um, and that kind of opened, like, you know, when, once you get scouted, they, they have you down. Um, yeah. So it was, um, it was uh, Man U, Blackburn, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Southampton. I ended up going to Southampton. Um, but uh, first experience ever in Europe. Uh, I wasn't used to uh, washing shoes for the professionals and stuff like that. I <laughs> uh, got, injured, got injured at the last day of uh, the tryout. Um, and at that point, I just opted to come home. So Germany was my first stop because I ended up going to, uh, to Stuttgart. Yeah. And then you kind of moved around quite a few places. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, what would you say was your? I want to. What would you say was your most memorable stint in Europe? Ooh, uh, man, that's tough. In what way? <laughs> the good way or the bad way? Uh, in the good both. way. I, I had such a good time playing. Um, you know, I think my most memorable would have to be um, uh, Sparta Prague. Not because I played a lot of games for them, though. Though I did play games, though it's not really. You know, you won't see it on Wikipedia, but um, just because it's my first time being exposed to a big market. Um, You know, I as a Canadian uh, that is not English, British, you know, in any way, um, uh, you know, England, Ireland or Scotland uh, or Italian. We don't have a home base, really, because Canada obviously didn't and now does uh, have a, a, a league. And so I had to go with where my coaches came from. So my coaches were Croatian, German and Hungarian. And the market was easier in Hungary. And so that's why I ended up kind of going there and then ended up in, in Sparta Prague. That was the first time where I walked into a stadium that, uh, you know, that for a team that I played for and saw like 30,000 um, it's mind-blowing, right? Being sponsored from, I don't even know what it was called in Hungary uh, six months before to being sponsored by Nike. And, oh, sorry, you can't wear your Copa Mundi L's because we're sponsored by Nike. You know, it was just it was just so weird to walk into a Nike shop and see, like, your jersey, you know, or it was just mind-blowing. So that whole experience, um, you know, and, and even getting there, if I could develop it, can I go into a story? 100%. All right. So yeah. uh, I played for Toronto Lynx when I came back from Belgium, skipping yeah. around a bit. And because, uh, you know, when you come back here, there's nowhere to play. So you got 
<laughs> the links. <laughs> so you went to the links, right? So I went to the links for about six months. I was carrying people's bags that have never played in Europe ever. And I was like carrying people's bags and they called me names and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, do you guys know? Like, I'm, I'm 20. Like, you guys, I, I did play for like the last three years in Europe, but they didn't care. And uh, and so I was there for six months. I think one, the coach was um, Mike Busby. I can't remember what his first name was, Busby. And he called me Can't Get Right. I didn't even know that it came from a movie called Life. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, anyways, so I, I played a couple games there. Um, didn't play me much. And then six months later, I ended up in Europe uh, again. And uh, the team really sucked. They were really bad. They had like six points at, at break, really. This wow. is like half. This is like winter break. They oh, had yeah. six points. So just do the math on what they did. And I, I think they might have won one game and tied three, I think. Uh, yeah, so um, anyways, uh, I, I started there um, and then got a new coach, of course. New coach came in, brought in some new players, didn't like the Canadian talent, just wanted to play the, the Hungarian and uh, ended up on the bench, but I started coming off the bench real good. Uh, so he gave me 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I started creating chances. And then finally, they, they, Sparta Prague came to see uh, another talent and then they're just like, who's this kid, 6'2", um, you know, 22 years old at the time? coming off the bench creating all these chances why isn't he starting and so they started pushing them finally the last day of the season um they i played against debitz and and um i played the whole game played really well and then they they bought me but here's their story it gets interesting this is why i'm it's a long-winded answer but this is yeah. this is why uh so when sparta prague did the transfer it was for four 30 or something euro after they were smart they did it when they got relegated so that they wouldn't have to pay as much uh and so um, Papa Lombard was the name of the team. They got the money. They just stopped talking to me. I didn't actually know that I was transferred. What? I didn't know I was transferred. So the, the, the CEO at the time um, called and he said, uh, so when are you coming down? And I said, okay, well, where? And he goes, coming down here. You have a day to be here before your contract is no. I said, I didn't even know I have a contract. What, what? What are you talking about? I got on a train. There's not a lie. I got on a train. Her name is Zofie Horvath. Very good looking girl. My friend and um, a badminton player. And, uh, and she gave me uh, the directions because I didn't speak Hungarian. I got on a train. I got my four. Andrew Ornock was there. Um, you know, he also played for the national team as well. Uh, and, and he gave me uh, 120 forint, which I don't even know. I think it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. And I got on a train. I did not know that I needed to pay for every single stop in between for every single country. I got on a train, I said a prayer, and I stayed in the first class I didn't know about, and I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know when to get off, I didn't know anything. And there was an old lady that like just had mercy on me, saw my state, I was sweaty, I, had a, I was hugging my luggage, uh, you know, and there was luggage on top of me in the first you know stall, and she just came in, she looked at me, and I just, I said, where are you, can you tell me where um, Prague is? And she said, I'm going to Prague. So I'll wake you up when, 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 you, when we get there. She woke me up, uh, had the rest of the, my money uh, was used to, to get to, uh, to, to the stadium, showed up there and they just looked at me and they just said, what the, they didn't pay you, did they? I said, no. And he goes, do you want your bonus? And I went, what bonus? Holy cow. He said, your bonus for your contract. And I said, what are you talking about? I didn't know what that is. Yeah. I didn't know because it was, um, there was a guy that, that did it for me named P Peter Delasciuca. He was an Italian guy, a yeah. uh, lawyer. And he did my contract and he was offered to me from Thibaut Hutchinson because uh, I called him. I said, hey, I need somebody to do this thing for me. So he did it and I didn't know what was in it. I just trusted him. And so the guy whispered to this you know, secretary and, uh, you know, she, she came in with this bag 
and uh, an envelope. And he sent me to my hotel, very nice hotel, swanky one. This is coming from nothing, eh, in Hungary. And I, you know, forgot about it, opened it up, 15,000 euros sitting there just like, just for like a, like a pregame bonus or something like that. Wow. Coming from Canada. So I went from Toronto six months before making $700 to, you know, just a, a pregame bonus of 15,000. In, in six things, months. That's my memory. Sorry. Sorry. So that I, no other answer will be that long, but that no, that was awesome. my that's that was my memory. Today, right? yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. What was what was Derby Day like in in the Czech Republic? It was like uh, Sparta, like you, your experience from seeing Sparta against Slavia. It was scary. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it was scary. I mean, uh, those guys take it very seriously. Um, you know, like the first time that I saw it, they had a. This is no lie. You have to be there to believe it. You guys are Italian, you know. This is real. Uh, they would they would literally bring coffins into the street. Like if they won, like they would like put a jersey in a coffin and like just like, like parade it through the streets. Like it was big. Like you, if you walked in there with the wrong jersey on, you were getting beaten up. Like I mean, they 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 had separate entrances in the whole nine. Like uh, you know, different times to come in. If you didn't get in at a certain time, that was it. It was it was real. You know, and I just was not used to that, you know, and, and even when I was put on loan playing against Slavia Prague, they knew who I was. And I'll show you some pictures of some of the tackles. They were they were football tackles. There's a couple of pictures of them, like literally holding me from behind, like bear hugging me and tossing me to the ground just because I was a Sparta Prague player. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's serious out there. Yeah. Change a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> Pink shoes, man. <laughs> now. So I kind of I don't really want to shift gears a little bit, but I want to I want to get into your your call up for Canada. Right. So you played a couple of times for the under twenties. Yeah. And then you play you you got a cap for the senior team. Right. So take us through that. Like, were they like how did they follow you? Absolutely they not. So they didn't follow you. No, it made no sense. So uh, and I love the Canadian football team. That's why I talk so passionately about it. Um, I, I, what we had back in the day was you, you had to make the Ontario team. So you would play in the top elite level of, of, your, of your age group. And then you would have a scout or someone, the Ontario uh, national team coach would come and uh, he, would, he would look for all the best players in each position. And he would get you onto the Ontario team. Then you go to Coffee Time Soccer Center at the time. I don't, I don't know, it's Ontario Soccer Center? Ontario Soccer Center, yeah. Uh, in Woodbridge, right? Um, Highway 7 Martin Grove? Yeah. yeah. Still I, that, I still remember still it, man. Uh, yeah. And then you would go there and you would train, I think, two times or every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, right? And then you would go for provincials, right? Represent Ontario. And then from there, the national team coach would come and scout you, right? And so he would just take, that's the best place to, to go see everybody, right? And, uh, and so that's where it would come from. So I was actually on the national team from U16. So U16, um, U17. Uh, U18, um, and I remember an incident where we were in France, we were playing Nantes. I don't know why our national team was playing club teams at the time, but that's what it was like. And um, somebody wanted from Nantes wanted to see me play. I gave my jersey number to the coach, and he thought that that was a bit, uh, like the, the coach thought me asking for my jersey number because somebody was scouting me was a little bit arrogant, and he benched me. So I, uh, so I, I came back from France, and uh and i i told him uh i'm done I, I i walked out and at the time i was with an academy called psa professional soccer academy um uh, marco meshkin was the coach uh german guy and uh they were all european 
and when I walked into to their, their training, it was just not comparable. And um, and so I, I left. So I was on the national team up until that point. And then I went to Germany, which is what you discussed in Stuttgart. And you would think that they would call me in. 100% you would think that. They didn't know where I was. They, they, That's <laughs> ridiculous. When they did know where. So at the time, there was Paul Stalteri. Yeah. There was Julian de Guzman. Yeah. Just a legend. In my eyes. Julian was. He's one Paul Stalteri and, and Julian de Guzman. Um, I can name a, off a bunch, but the, the, people need to understand who Julian Guzman really is. Like, you, you got to go back and look at this guy. Like, go look at this guy's handover highlights, and you'll see who he is. Um, he was in Germany that I knew of. Other than that, there was me, right? Uh, and I remember trying to get a hold of someone, like Ray Clark or someone, just to, you know, uh, like, hey, I'm here. You know, like, I'm here. Like, I want you to know that I made it. Bring me back. Nothing. I didn't see the national team until U20. And the only reason why I did that was because I, I had come back and signed something silly over here that kept me here. That's how I ended up with Toronto Lynx. And, um, and uh, we played against the national team. I remember Ian Hume being there. And at the time, it was Holger Grosiek or Holger Osiek or something like that, who was a national team coach. And they were playing against the CPSL All-Stars. And I was on Hamilton Dunder at the time. And we played against them and I ran through the team from half. Best, probably the best goal I've ever scored in my life against the national team. And um, he put his arm around me. He said, who, who are you? And I said, I, my name's Dave Simpson. And he goes, we need to get you on the national team. And I said, okay, well, that's nice. And he goes, no, I'm going to tell the national team coach to pick you up. And so I got a call out of nowhere. Um, and it was uh, Dale Mitchell. He goes, hey, you know, I, uh, you know, I heard about you and Holger told me, so uh, we're going to bring you in. And it was in uh, it was a tournament in um, in Houston. And so, uh, you know, he he brought me in and that's how I reemerged onto the national scene again. It was through Dale Mitchell bringing me in. I did well. Um, and then, um, yeah, the rest is kind of history, you know, but but as for the, 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 the men's part. It was, I got fed up because there were guys, I was, now I'm at Sparta Prague. I'm now, I'm going from Hungary now to being transferred, one of the highest transfers in Czech Republic at the time. Um, you know, I'm on Sparta Prague, they're in UEFA Cup, I'm on the team, and I, I don't have a call up, and they're calling up guys from college. That doesn't make any sense to me. They're calling up guys from college, like guys that I knew that never played a day in Europe, that had no ambition of playing professionally. We're playing in college and they were calling him up. And like, I'll give you a perfect example. Great player. Um, I liked him a lot. He did well in his career and he's proven that he deserved it. Um, Josh Simpson Josh was Simpson, playing yeah. in college when he got the call up to the national team. And then he made Millwall. Millwall to Kaiserslautern. Yeah. And that's how he got there. He got there wow. from college. I was already in, 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 uh, in Czech Republic at the time. So, in your opinion, though, like, what do, what do you think it is? Do you think they don't have enough scouts in Europe to scout these players, or they just they're just lazy and they just or they just want to focus on what's on on this side of the world? I, I tend to feel this way about things. Either you're completely ignorant, which means that you're inept at your job, or in some ways it's on purpose. I don't know which one it is. I can't figure it out because me and you could sit here on a podcast and say, uh, you know, if we could figure it out on our own, you know, like. Uh, how, how can we better find talent in Canada? Well, if they're all in one place, it's easier. So the diversity of all these academy leagues and all of these different, like, you know, it, it makes it harder to find. Why not do it what, like the way that we used to? 
you know, and, and of course, I think the, the money comes into it, right? With all these leagues are different fees and, and, you know, like certain people can't have access to certain, you know, players and stuff like that. For yeah. instance, if you're going to make the national team, where should you go? They tell you, they recommend where you should play. You know, if you don't play here, well, this is where they say the top talent is, but the fee is really high. So how many of you know top talent that can afford to pay that price? Uh, football is a poor man's sport. It is. It is. And so when you have these fees, you cancel out a lot of players. So if you go down to, like, we used to go down to Eglinton Flats and play on the cricket field. And I used to see some Spanish players play over there. That was unbelievable. Yeah. They weren't on the national team. You know, and you know how many players, like, probably get into it later, but you know how many players are Canadian that play abroad? Yeah. You know, and, and this is where we break down. It, it, the loyalty to this beautiful, prosperous country that has given us all that we have called Canada um, it's not reciprocated in, in the way in which we feel about Canadian football. That's why they leave. When we say, oh, no, 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 come play, like Jesse Costa, you know, going to be playing for, he's already on the Portuguese national team. Insane. 15 years old, already on the U18, U20 national team of Portugal, right? About to be signed, flying over on January 3rd to be signed, right? He's a gold star, which means that they expect that he's be playing in a year and a half from now for Sporting Lisbon's first team. And he's already on the Portuguese national team. He's farting around on, on pro stars for the last couple of years. Now, Canada wants him, you know, they're about to give him his release to go. Oh, can you please play for Canada? But why should he? Yeah. I mean, not that he doesn't love the country, but football-wise, what did they offer him? Nothing. Jonathan de Guzman, 15 years old. I was training with that kid. That kid was 11, 10 years old, had the ball in his head juggling around the field while we were playing because he was too small. At 15 years old, I think he was captaining the, the U-17 national team or something like that, or, or Feyenoord's team. Yeah. We should have capped him at 16 years old. What does America do? Freddie Adu, where is he? Don't know. Where was he playing at 16? He was old. No, at 15, he was already playing was on the a, national team, yeah. and he was in the MLS. He was in the MLS at 15. They he, advertised. They pushed him. Right? We should have capped Jonathan. We should have let him go anywhere. Yeah. Right? But we should have gave him everything that he wanted didn't and so when he, now he shows up in the world cup and when he's playing for holland you go oh, he's a canadian eh, kind of yeah so we we we, we we fail at that you know and we've we've had opportunities you know and, and 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 so to answer your question i believe that it starts from the grassroots up yeah. you know we need to also th this whole nobody can fail thing needs to stop this this purple ribbon thing needs to stop right now um you know you're you're not helping the situation when everybody's a winner uh you know you can't just diversify leagues because you know if i don't like you because you're too hard on me i just go and fart around and go somewhere else i'll go to a different team you know what i mean and another team and another team and i just keep going until eventually the best players need to play with the best players that's how you get better and in order for you to go from house league to to rep and then rep to whatever it is you need to earn it and you need to see the top talent and go, no, I'm not good enough. I need to get better. You need to see them. You need to watch them. And when you diversify all these leagues, it becomes impossible. And when you put a price tag on the best league, you're not getting the best league. You're getting the most expensive league. And so, you know, if the pipeline, the only pipeline to get to TFC is to play for TFC's academy. Ugh, come on. It's ridiculous. And, and if they don't do a good job of scouting. Ugh. It makes them lazy. They don't have to put in an effort. No, no effort, right? And and so do they need to succeed? Let me ask you a great question. Nobody really asked this question. I don't know. How many players has TFC sold? 
<laughs> Questions answered. I have no idea. Okay, they've been around since 2008. That's yeah, that's bad. We don't we don't can't name a player. You can't name one player. No. Okay, that that's interesting. All right, they've won the league. Who owns the league? Canada or states? Yeah, it's, an it's an American league. Okay, so you have a Canadian team based in Canada, not overwhelmingly populated with Canadian talent. Yeah, playing in an American league. Yeah, winning the league, but not with a lot of Canadian talent. Yeah, so is it helping the national team? No. So when I go overseas and I say I'm a Canadian and we're ranked 135th or something in the world, what does that help me or hinder me? Help uh, hinders you. So if Good I play time. if I play for Omen, it's better because they're actually ranked higher. <laughs> so when I come as a Canadian talent yeah. and I say I'm good, trust me. They say, well, are you on the national team? Where do you play? Did you play for TFC? No, I didn't. Oh, then you can't be the best because the best plays for TFC or they play for Canada, and now you're screwed. Which, which is sad because I'm sure growing up for yourself, you know, the traveling abroad that I did playing in the States, I felt that being a Canadian, we were able to keep up with the youth of the Americans. Right. Uh, and then it just kind of plateaued because there was nowhere else to go. Right. But did you feel that too going into Europe that Canadians at the youth level could keep up with the Europeans, the Americans? Yeah. Like we're at that level. It's just it's that next step where... Yeah, we're, we're fed a false narrative by a lot of our coaches. They say that if you don't make it by 16, that you're not going to go anywhere. Um, so news to all the people who listen to this podcast, pass it on. We're way better than them by the age of 15. That's the crazy part. Canadians are well known to be well better in, in this way, technically. So when I play with an Italian, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting strategy. I know formation. I know tactics. That's what I get. I know how to touch the ball, pass and move. When I play with a Spanish person, I know possession. Like there's just certain things, Portuguese, mixture of both. Like you just get all these different things. You play with people from the West Indies, you're gonna get a lot of talent. People are gonna create moves. Like you can just look at you know, what, what you get from each nationality. That's what we get here. But what we don't get is a lot of structure. That's where we fail. So what they, they do it in reverse. They get the structure early. So can you imagine if you get Canadian talent over there early with all of that, oh my gosh, all that juice, Yeah. and then you put structure behind it? Ooh, super talent. And those are the ones that you see that are thriving. You know, Davies is a great talent, but I've seen him before. I've seen him before in a different body. There's been a lot of people that have been fast. A lot of people have been skillful. He plays a Canadian style. If you look at if you look at um, uh, Atiba Hutchinson, yeah, that kid has not changed his Canadian style. He just has the structure of a European. Atiba plays different. If you've ever seen Atiba play, like yeah. when he touches the ball, his, his way of thinking, even on PSV, is just different. It all it is is different. But he grew up playing for Woodbridge. He played for Brampton. He played in Coffee Time Soccer Center. Uh, that's what he grew up on. And then he moved and he took that with him. He didn't change. Canadians don't have to change. We don't got to play like English people. We don't got to play like the Scottish or the British. We don't got to play like the Premier League. We got to play the Canadians. Exactly. And that's why I believe that this country right here is the best, in my opinion, the best. And I've traveled all over. Uniquely the best country in the world. And everybody wants to live in the best country in the world. I believe that the Canadian uh uh, professional soccer league has the ability to be and this might sound absolutely crazy the best league in the world 
because you have Italians, because you have Portuguese, because you have Nigerians, you have Jamaicans, you know, you have Costa Ricans, you have Brazilians, you have all of that. How can you miss? How can you miss? I've been asking myself that question for years on end. How are we, how, 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 how do we underperform? What's, what's, what's missing? What's yeah. missing? Where, where does the gap start? And I, I think you answered that when, yeah. when, you, when you jump over and the amount of, I mean, you talked about a bit the politics that are involved in it. Yeah. And to me, in my opinion, the I, I agree with you. I think the Canadian Premier League has the ability to be one of, if not the best league in the world because of the amount of talent. Tell me why it can't be the best. The only thing that would hinder it, in my opinion... So in my opinion, the toughest tournament to win in the world is the UEFA Champions League. That's the only thing that we wouldn't be able to compete in. We'd be able to compete in the Comcast Champions League, which is kind of a... It, it's, a it's a makeshift tournament. I, I like it. I follow it. I think that's the only thing that would that would hinder. I think if we make a statement as a, as a CPL team uh, going into the Comcast Champions League, winning it, and then winning the World Club Championship, that would be a big statement, right? Yeah. I just think we don't have that kind of structure yet the way the European model is. Point well taken. And maybe the size of the country, the the money maybe in the in the league, maybe that's a a big obstacle I think. Cuz if you look at Europe, there's smaller countries, less travel. Canada, it's one of the biggest countries in the world and to get from coast to coast and the money. Yeah, is the money there maybe. Yeah, the money could be there. The money can be there. I uh, agree with like you. Like if we were to compare Germany and what they their you know their GDP and ours, you know, or or any other. Come on, Croatia. Like who are we really competing against? Like Croatia, Moldova. Like I mean, come on. Like Hungary, Czech Republic. Like they have better leagues than us right now. We could be better than them. Come on. Okay, we could be better. So we can be one of the best. Yeah. Right? And, I agree. And, and and the opportunity to invest in this country is wide open. Canada's for sale. None of the guys that we're sending over to Europe right now have, have a price tag. They're free. That's unheard of. That's unbelievable. They don't have a price tag. It's free. Right? Because we're only youth academies. Right? Like you have uh, the, the kid from York 9 now that had just gone over there. I don't know what the transfer fee was. Uh, I can't forget his name. But I'm pretty sure the transfer fee was pretty much a salary of, of a minimum wage person on, on the first team. Yeah, it, it's minimal. I mean, uh, Luca Gasparotto retired because he said the salary wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a steady income. So he had to he had to do something else. Right. So it's not there yet. But I strongly believe and Giuliano can attest to this that I'm a firm believer that this league can take off. I think what Canada's problem is, I think the MLS did its job with the three teams, with Toronto FC, Vancouver, and Montreal, but that was only a stepping stone. Yeah. They need to fully get behind the CPL. Yeah. I think they need to because that's the next step. That is where this is going to be a game changer. But they're not. When you yeah. think of the stuff they're doing, like one of the things they were going to do, if Hamilton, uh, if Forge FC won, uh, won their qualifier in the CONCACAF League, they were going to cancel the Canadian Championship final so that way Toronto FC would, re- would, get that, would get that second qualification spot so you'd have two Canadian teams in the... It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think as Canadians, we're way too nice. Yeah. Like what we're praised for is also our Achilles heel. We're way too nice. Um, we're not competing with the U.S., we're afraid to. Like, I remember when our dollar was on par, and I was yeah. like, yes, 
finally, like, you know, but I didn't know that it was actually on purpose that we keep it low because we do so much business with them. And they just say, well, if it's on par, then we just won't do business with you. <laughs> and they yeah. cry. Americans, if they don't win, they cry. We are nice. So we always subside. We go, OK, you know, we'll do it your way. Yeah. Um, and so we have the ability to actually compete, but we don't want to. You know, we I think we're afraid of, of, of the business implications of, of, of competing with America. America is greedy. Everybody knows it. America is America first. They've always been. They do things in their interest. And if they don't have an interest, they're probably not going to do it. While they do amazing and great things for the world, they also have something to gain from it. I mean, I don't see them running over to Nigeria right now when people get, you know what I mean? So like politically, that's how they are. But even just everybody, just like the whole atmosphere of America is I'll get mine. America, Canada, we don't really have that in us, right? And so America created a league off of the 94 World Cup that would suit their best interests in cultivating talent for their national team so they could win the World Cup. Do you guys remember when they said, we're going to win the World Cup one day? And yeah. they were almost close. I think they made the quarters. Yeah, that was yeah, 2010. Yeah. And they've been pretty close ever since. Yeah. You know, they've been doing well in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, Canada? 86? 86. 86. 86. It boggles my mind. Oh, three yeah. 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 It boggles my mind. Yeah. So um, for us to not, back to the question, you know, for, for us to either we're ignorant or it's on purpose, how did we not mimic them? Well, it's, what, it's 2020. The league started, what, 2019, right? Done two seasons now. Yeah. Two seasons. Yeah. Wow. We're that late. We're not that dumb. Yeah. Right? And it took some ex, like Jim Brennan, ex-Canadian talent, yeah. who went through the system, knew how hard it was. Luckily, he was British, so he got in. Yeah. But he had to go through it as well, right? There's plenty. Yeah. And like Josh Simpson, right, a yeah. co-owner as well, who knew the system, right, um, and realized being a Canadian overseas is hard. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about racism, and they talk about this. Being Canadian is like, <laughs> yeah. Eh. It's close, man. Yeah. Like you can be a white guy, go overseas and say you're Canadian and you Yeah. They're not going to give you the respect. Yeah. And what do they yeah, watch? They what do they watch though? Exactly. I mean, when Europeans see us play, what do they watch? They watch the Canadian national team. What have we been producing for a long period of time? Nothing. I mean, going back even into the 90s, the great days of Pescasolito, right? Yeah. And Bunbury, they were losing. And yeah. they were playing unentertaining football. They yeah. were playing the typical old style British long ball, head it down, win from play from there, cross it, you know, and, and hopefully win a header set piece football. Yeah. That never worked and that none of us liked because we were all busy watching Syria. Yeah. So so it just didn't nobody cared yeah. about it, right? Until they brought in internationals. Uh, that's what they remember us as. Right. That's what they remember us as. It and is. and there's uh, five players, five, five, four players just went over. Um, yeah, Pro Stars just sent him over. Right. The Academy Pro Stars. And they sent him over uh, to a team. Finally, a Canadian uh, team was trying to buy um, a Spanish team. And they went over there. And the report that I got was they're saying, why are these hockey players here? <laughs> this is 2020. Yeah. Right. Rometty Lappi, uh, a Canadian talent, played for the Canadian national team right at, at, at a young age. Uh, Captain TFC at a young age, under 15, went over and was part of Manchester City for two years as a Canadian, came over because of some visa problems. Right. Didn't know the, how it worked. Uh, and these S Spanish guys in tier three had never played anywhere in their life. And they're calling him a hockey player. Made his debut in the Albanian first 
Albanian league because he's an Albanian guy, right? Yeah. I told him, hey, go over there because we have nothing over here for you. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he made his debut at, at the minute on his birthday, basically. Uh, the youngest player ever to play in the Albanian league for one of the biggest teams and no call up. I don't, I don't understand it because because you, where 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 do you need to be seen? You know, like uh, it's it's difficult, right? You have a kid right now on the Egyptian U uh, seventeen or U twenty national team right now, Canadian talent uh, came back and he's now playing in Spain, right? No idea. Uh, I was just gonna say, do we think because you see players like Jonathan David Davies, you think it's changing, but. Kind of is, but it isn't in a way. It has to because TFC is being successful. Yeah. You know, uh, advertising. Obviously, the World Cup's coming around. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it is changing, but not be. It's making little steps. Like when I was on the national team, um, Julian made more money than than the national team. So Julian was going to play a game. Uh, forgive me if it, I think it was in either Estonia or or somewhere. I can't remember where it was. And this is a big name player. Right, this is a guy making millions of dollars in Europe. This guy is playing for Deportivo, starting yeah. right, playing against Real Madrid when they had Beckham, Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, Raúl. I mean, seven of the players were basically just like all-time greats. Yeah. Playing against them, and he scored against them. We send him a ticket, and the ticket has about seven layovers from Spain. Oh. There were there was a time where guys were buying their own plane ticket because they're used to flying first class, and we didn't buy it for them. The funding for the national team, and this is where I give them a bit of a break, was ridiculous. Yeah. At one point, I remember I went to a camp in Fort Lauderdale, and the funding for the national team, I asked one of the kit men, so the funding for the national team was $800,000, and that was for the whole national team. All of them. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Not just for the men's. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Right? Coffee time wasn't finished. Coffee time soccer center wasn't finished. Like, what we see today was not the finished product. That's not what the so it's always been a matter of funding a bit, um, but there's also you know the fact that like on you tell me why when I was on the national team and growing up uh, you you played the sport as well. Yeah. All my coaches were British. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm just it's no. either a coincidence. It's such a diverse country with so many great, I, I believe, great football minds. People obviously love the the sport here. Yeah, and yeah, everyone even. You know, ourselves, I think we could say a lot of the coaches were British background. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we all know that they uh, take claim of inventing the game. Yeah. And believe it or not, a lot of them are still there. I mean, that is incredible. What yeah. longevity. Or, <laughs> or, and, and I love Ray Clark because he's the one that gave me my start. I'll name him by name because I love him literally. Yeah. Um, without him and his advice... Uh, I would have never made the national team. He told me that I had potential the first time a coach ever told me that. Um, and, and I love that man dearly. And I saw him at a TFC game and I told him, you know, I love you and I thank you so much for what you've done. Um, and so when I mean that they were all British, I don't mean that they were all bad. Yeah. Jim Canavan was there forever. You just you know? play one style. Yeah. Brian Rosenfeld, I think, is still there. He was there from when I was there. That's a long time to be employed. Uh, and then we got to measure the le- level of success. How successful are you? And if you're not successful, we see what happens. Real Madrid, you can win the league and get fired. Yeah, it's true. But with Canada, you can stay there forever. Yeah. You know, and we've gone through, like, can you name me the players that are on the national team? Like, over the last 10 years, we've gone through so many. Ton. Too many. Ton. There's, yeah, there's a couple of, you know, home names that have been there 
through the thick and thin, but yeah, it's like a revolving door. Yeah. 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 You know, so it's hard for, the, for, for young people to look up to them when they see them one game and then go on the next. Yeah. You know? And, uh, there's, there's, I, I have no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of Canadian talent out there. I just think that they really lack, especially on the other side in Europe, possibly in Asia as well. Like, there's so much talent there that's Canadian that people don't know yeah. that deserve a call up that deserve a look and I know we talked about it off the mic uh, you know two two Canadians that we follow in Italy Sebastian Brezza and Axel Desjardins uh-huh. these guys are goalkeepers in the city ah, yes they haven't played yet but they're goalkeepers in city that have been there for a while maybe. Yeah. and nobody in Canada has ever heard of them yeah why yeah, that's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know how hard it is to make it. Yeah, people don't understand how hard it is to make it. Never mind the politics. Yeah, just the fact that you're Canadian. You know, yeah. and uh, and I, I, I okay. Let me give you a perfect example of some information that you probably don't know. Okay, right. So there's some work being done. I'm not going to say too much because I don't want. No, no. I'm just going to talk about Jaden Nelson for a second. So that kid, right? That black kid with the afro that plays for a huge, like huge, huge hair, right? Yeah. Beautiful curly hair, right? Cute kid, just turned 18, plays for TFC, right? Sat on the bench for the majority of the time. Um, uh, he, the TFC's uh, second team. Do you guys know that he's the fastest player in the world? No. Okay, you didn't know that, right? No. no I got test, or, test scores to prove it. Right now, by the test scores that TFC has given, he is the fastest p- player on the planet. And he's Canadian. And he's Canadian. Sitting on TFC too. Now he's on TFC, but he only yeah. played like 10 minutes and didn't play the last game when they got kicked out. So... Uh, this was the co-MVP of the U20 or U17 tournament that just happened? Yeah. You know uh, who the other... That. Yeah, yeah. You should look up who the uh, other MVP was and where he plays. And how much he just got paid. And how much his extension is in the, in the millions. What was it? Under... Uh, I think it was a U20. Was it U20? Because he's 18. Was it U20 or U17? I thought it was, was U17. It might be. Um, who was it? Look him up. I, I don't want to say it's it's. U <laughs> seventeen. He's an American guy. Uh, Should have known it before I came on here. Yeah. Anyways, he's playing in the Bundesliga. U seventeen, American guy. American guy. Yeah. In the Bundesliga. Anyways, he okay. he's he's playing in the Bundesliga, starting, and 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 the same guy. Uh, you know, his co. Go ahead. Is it Giovanni Reina? Ah, uh, Reina. Is, is it Giovanni Reina? I think. It, how old is he? Reina's Bonnie Reina, he's playing for uh, Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund right now. 2000. 2002. He's 18. So Same 18. age. Ah, there you go. There you go. He was the co-MVP with Reina. And TFC, look where this TFC, guy is. TFC's bench. But Piatti's a good player, right? Yeah. Where's he come from? No, Piatti. Oh, yeah. Pablo Piatti. Oh, not from Canada? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. see, this is this is my this is my problem with the MLS. Right. This is what I get a little bit of flack for from our MLS fans. I see where you're going. MLS <laughs> is an American league. Right. There was all these politics up until recently where even Canadians playing on the Canadian three teams were considered internationals. Right. So how do you? They're only in the mind of developing their talents. Right. They don't. We're we're second. We don't care. Right. That's why. We need to invest in the CPL. Right. Because the way the rules are set up in the CPL, the way the structure works, it develops a talent. And unfortunately for guys like Jaden Nelson, already, like you said, fastest player in the world with his, with his scores. Yeah. Co-MVP for the under-17 tournament. Yeah. With Reyna. Yeah. Sitting on the bench and rotting. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. We're hoping to change that. Yeah. I hope but, so. um, but, you know, but that, that, that's a perfect scenario. Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody will know your talent. 
Right. And uh, and that's why I, I, I don't watch the MLS. Sorry, MLS fans. Not because it's not good. Um, my preference, number one and number two. Like, I mean, I watch TFC. I watch. I want to know what they're doing. and I want them to do well. I want all the Canadian teams to do well. Yeah. That's those are the only ones that I care about. Yeah. The Canadian ones. But I am a firm, firm, uh, you know, uh, 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 supporter of the Canadian Premier League. Um, for, they, they they need to. Somebody needs to start making some Pez uh, Pez uh, Canadian Premier League teams. They're in a football manager. So yeah, no, I need them. I need them on my game. That's what I need. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I, because you know, right now I, I download the MLS one, but I, I want the Canadian one bad yeah. because I want to get to know these players. I want yeah. them to be profiled. You know what I mean? For sure. I want them to do well. For sure. Well, there's you know. a couple of them. I mean, uh, well, they're not in they're not in the Pez, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a couple of them that have a little bit of profile now, like Lucas Cavalieri, because mm-hmm. he's with the White Caps. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example of a guy that got lost playing in South America for for so long and mm-hmm. made his cap made his debut at a very young age. He was part of that uh, slaughter against Honduras in that yeah. World Cup yeah. qualification. Gone for like six years, and now he's back. But what's interesting about it is that if we do a little bit more research, which is very easy to do, I mean, yeah. you can literally go online and find all these players, right? Oh, yeah. You can go on your video game and find all these players. Yeah. Like, just type in, like, you know, you go into search and just yeah. type in Canada, National Canada, yeah. and you'll find, like, oh, who's this? He plays yeah. here. Yeah. They will never play for those teams. Like, Uruguay, like you're probably never going to find a spot on that national team, but you yeah. could probably find a spot here. Yeah. Not that they don't have the talent, just yeah. because, yeah. right? There's so many out there. Yeah. Where's our Brazilians? Yeah. Like, wh- wh- well, there, where? Was a, there was a big one that I that I followed for forever because I, I loved them in FIFA. Was uh, Stephen Vitoria? Okay. Made his debut very late for Canada because he was trying to make the craft the Portuguese team. Mm-hmm. He played the, when a two thousand when the under twenty World Cup was here in two thousand and seven. He's from Toronto. He played on that national, the Portuguese under twenty team wow. instead of Canada. Wow! Because I don't know if it. And I wanted to ask you this: Do you think it's because, oh, I, I I'm set up better to win something with a country like Portugal, hmm. or is it? Well, these guys don't give me a chance. There's a little bit of resentment and uh, a little bit of re- resentment and and that that, yeah. that you have a better chance because canada is not a winning team yeah now i believe they are they can be they can be for right? sure and, and i believe that we were robbed in that gold cup when ian hume scored that goal and the atiba you know they call it offside which was a lie it wasn't yeah. offside right yeah i believe we should have won that world yeah. cup that pisses me off to this day but um you know but but i believe it's a little bit of resentment because it's kind of like you've never done anything for me Right. But I love you. It's almost like having a relationship with a woman that you truly love, but keeps walking out on you. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like you love this country, you come back, you see your parents and stuff. But as far as as far as football is concerned, you almost hate it because it's not organized enough and it hasn't given you enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's what it is. Like the only re- I believe the only reason why. Well, let's put it this way. I was contacting Jamaica. Because I couldn't make the Portuguese national team. I had a little bit of Portuguese in me, but there was no chance for that. So I was trying to contact Jamaica to get some national team caps in because I didn't make the Canadian national team yet. And I was on Sparta Prague. Wow. So I was trying to contact them to see if I could play for them yeah. so that I can play. And then I got a call up out of nowhere. I played one game in Martinique. We were on. We, we, we were supposed to play against St. Lucia. The game yeah. got canceled. They had a makeshift international game. Um, we, we, we went to St. Lucia. Everybody that's on the national team that hears this knows about this trip. It was the trip from hell because we went on a boat ride and we stacked all of our gear, all players, right? Like literally I went to the dock and there was this guy, this black guy that was there. And I, I could tell you, it looked like if the boat was already sinking. So the bottom of the boat was almost touching the water 
and we didn't even get in yet. And they started packing in all the gear and everything else. And so we all got in. We all thought we were going to die. Guys were puking. Ask uh, Issei Nakajima Farhan. He knows all about it. Uh, but by the way, Julian was not on that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> I would think so. No, but I think Derizario, yeah, Derizario was there. Yeah. Um, you know, oh man, you talk about another player. Oh my gosh. I wish he went to Celtic, but you know who stopped that. But um, but yeah, he's a great player, man. Um, so props to 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 uh, uh, to Di Rosario. We got on that that and and we played a makeshift game against Martinique, and that was my cap. And I never got it again. And I just I sometimes I feel mm, man should have played for Jamaica because they don't have a lot of players in the position that I was at the time, and it would have been better for me. But my love for my country and wanting to play with John O or at the time and, and Julian and Atiba and all the guys that I, I grew up with and that I idolized and Ali Gerba. Nobody talks about that guy. Yeah. Man, I think he has 15 goals. Like, he was like the second yeah. highest yeah. at one point. He scored goals. Olivier Ocean and all these other guys. Um, Mike Kukowski, like Chris Posniak, all those guys. I grew up and I was like, I watched that U20 when, when, when they played. And I, like, you know, I loved Tolly. Um, you know, uh, Miles O'Connor and, and like we have players that played for Lil that nobody even knows about. Like these guys made it. Yeah. But they just didn't make it far enough. Like we didn't have the support of our national team to get us capped and get us highlighted on an international level so that, you know, big teams can see us. Because they all assume if you're a talent that you're going to play for the highest level on your national team. And if your national team is ranked 79th in the world or 85th in the world, they expect that if you're a super talent that you're playing for this terrible national team. And when you're not on that national team, they're not considering you. Yeah. So Miles O'Connor, even though he's at Lille, they're wondering what's going on. You know what I mean? Um, th there's other players that, you know, they, they just fall to the wayside because they never got that extra support. If you look at a guy named like Vacheslav uh, Hlep, right? Alexander Hlep. Yeah. Played for Arsenal. Remember him? Yeah. Whenever he fell out of favor, he, he was always on the national team, even up until 2000, I think 18 or 19. The guy's like 30-something years old with a beard and shriveled up and still playing. Every time he, he, he made a bad decision or it didn't work out in Barcelona or whatever, look at his resume. The guy played, went back to bait, bait, bought Boleslav or whatever. Yeah. He played for them like six times. He just kept going back. He always had a Premier League to go to. There was always someone to lift him up and to keep him propped yeah. up. When we fail, you're a failure. You're a failure. Lab, Lab recently just stopped playing uh, last year. So it goes to show you how long he's, his career started in 98, descended in 2019, Belarusian. Yep. 39 years old. Yeah. You look at his page, yeah. He always had somewhere to fall back on. Always. Always. When I fell from Grace, from Royal Antwerp, which was the Manchester United basically farm team, yeah. where O'Shea uh, played. You remember O'Shea? Yeah, yeah. He was there and, and a bunch of them. Um, I had a five-year deal there and they went through some financial difficulties because they weren't sponsored by Manchester United. They just brought players there all the time. And I left like an idiot thinking, okay, I'll just come back to Canada and then go back over to Europe. I ended up staying here for two years because there was nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. You know, once you come here, it's like an abyss. You got to find your way back over there. Yeah. It's difficult. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah. So for any parent with kids looking to get their kid through professional football, <laughs> what, what would you say is the, I guess, the best chance, the best path to get to the top? It's difficult. How much money do you have? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's the story. Like, if you don't have a lot of money and you have talent, go to TFC. They're free. Anything else you're going to pay for. 
You know, I, I would say to stay in your local market. I believe, like, uh, if it's not working out, um, you know, in Woodbridge, they got to do a better job of creating just a, a, a better system for their for their Italian upbringing. They have the power to do it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unfortunately, this is just the way it, it is right now. I can't say it's fair. It's just not fair. Like, if you grew up in Scarborough, I can't tell you how to do it. You know, you, I can say to go to this academy, that academy, but there's no guarantees for anything because they're not affiliated to any any CPL teams for the most part. Like, I mean, I would say right now, I'm telling the guys that came back from Spain because of COVID, you go to York 9, start there. You know, like you need a CV, you, you do need you do need game footage and you need a place where, where they do that, where they where, where you play exhibition games and, and you're on TV and, and all the games are analyzed because they have that new analytics thing where yeah. you can like look at the player, how many times he lost the ball, how many times he scored, how many shots he took. Like that's what you need at this point in time, because you do need something on your CV. But for for the parents going up, I say if you can afford it, go ahead and go to the academies. But just realize that um, you're paying uh and there's no real guarantee uh one of the problems that i do have is that a lot of the parents like i think now we say what our parents used to say and that they are old school um we we as parents because i'm a parent now we need to have thicker skin when it comes to our children and let them be coached um, let them go through the perils of football, the disappointment. Um, don't run away whenever you feel uncomfortable, unless the person that is, 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 is coaching is just not doing a good job. When they allow your son or your daughter to, um, you know, to just carry on as they are, um, that's when they don't care. They're there for the profit. And, and so you got to use your discernment in that way. You know, it's such a different world than when I grew up. It's very difficult because I'm still disconnected because I, I just don't believe in it. You know, it's a poor man's sport. It's a poor woman's sport. It, it's it's a sport where if you have the talent and you have a ball and you have two sticks, that you have you have a game, and um and that's where I want it to return to. Now, I, of course, there's cost involved with yeah. with 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 indoor facilities and things like that, and uh, and and so I understand that part. But growing up, I would say to parents, um, you know, make sure that uh, that that your it's not about if the if the coach is is it has a certification of an a license because a lot of them that's how they get into the game they haven't played it i would say even if you haven't played it they should have been around it for a long period of time they should have a culture of football behind them yeah. and and you need to know what that looks like by watching things on tv to say does on t what what is what my daughter and my son uh, or my child is what they're being taught replicated on tv or vice versa and if it's not, then that's not the right place to be. Find what you see on TV. Go back to your roots and find that and, and the fundamentals of football and try to replicate that and find a place that replicates that. That's what I would say. I like that. Off the mic, too, we were talking a bit how one nation changed their fortunes around completely Iceland. Yeah. I know you were mentioning something about Canada. Yeah. You want to bring us into that yeah so um the reason why i'm dabbling into iceland right now um first of all i'm canada first but if if somebody can tell me the pipeline of how to get on york nine or hamilton then please let me know there i asked uh stephen hart this and he said email me 
Because <laughs> yeah, hearts with uh, what Halifax? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, and I said I have these talents. Instead of sending them to Spain, you know, I'd like to send them over to you. They're going to be sold. Like these guys have already already marketable, right? They've already made it. It's it's yeah. money. It's just money waiting to happen. I'm there. I'm for the business too. Not that I'm going to make the money, but I want the clubs to make the money so that they can say, all right, I have faith in this Canadian talent that they're worth something. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and I also want to build up the Canadian market, right? So. Uh, I, with Iceland, it's a smaller market. I know that there, there, there are leagues. I'll give you an example. Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and, and Iceland, along with, um, uh, I would say those ones are safer because of their economy. Um, they're known to have a good economy, right? A good way of life. They speak English as their second language or their first language. Right. And they play young talent and they usually are a feeder system for the bigger ones. So it usually goes, you know, if you go, if you're good in Iceland, you're going to go to Sweden. If you're good in Sweden, you're going to go to either Denmark or straight to Holland. Right. But usually Denmark and then Holland. That's and then from Holland to the rest of the world. That's how the pipeline works. Right. And they know it. So I know that if you're a good talent and you're just hard done by. Right. And you don't have any way of, of, of making it. If I get you into Iceland within six months to a year, you're going to be going to Sweden. Sweden, you're going to go to wherever you can either stay in sweden and make good money right or but sweden also is a market where they sell players so they're not yes. going to keep you if you're good so then they're going to sell you again and you're going to get to where you want to go if you look at atiba hutchinson that is the way to go he went from toronto Lynx for one season right or half a season or whatever first of all he tried out in hungary uh when i was there and can you believe they said no right and so he, he was leaving and he goes well you know i was supposed to go back to canada but i'm just going to go to uh, sweden Right. So he's I'm going to go to this team called Oysters, makes the first team on Oysters. Oysters gets relegated, goes to Helsingborg, which is the top team in, yeah. in, in uh, Sweden. Helsingborg, he went directly to, uh, oh, uh, Copenhagen. Copenhagen to PSV, PSV to where he is now. Yeah. Yep. He's in Turkey now, right? Turkey he's now. been there forever. Yeah. Champions League, played against Arsenal. Wenger yeah. um, said he was the best player, right? <laughs> Plays for the national team, right? Yeah. Uh, hmm? I, and he, yeah, he versatile player too because he played uh, started as a holding midfielder if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And PSV, and then he converted to a right back. Yeah. I know he played that for the national team as well. He captain PSV. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and now crazy. he's pretty much playing down near striker. He's scoring goals now <laughs> That's at, at thirty. Crazy. What is he? Thirty seven. He's my age. Thirty seven, turning thirty eight soon. Um, you know, and he looks same. Plays same way. Doesn't lo- doesn't didn't lose a step. He's he's pretty much like a known you know everybody knows him there and he, he raised the family there and he's there. Um, spoke English all the way. Didn't have to speak Hungarian. Didn't have to speak German. Didn't have to speak anything. That's the pathway, you know. Until Canada, uh, you know, becomes those countries, yeah. then that's the way to go. Small markets. If you're Romanian, go to Romania. You know, if you're Italian. Go to Italy until until we have a pathway where where there's a scouting system that can generate you know and, and create talent going into the Canadian Premier League, then that's the ways to go until until we get it right. Just gave me the blueprint of what I gotta do with my two boys. <laughs> going to Poland, it looks like. Yeah, go to Poland. You know until until we recognize you know because uh, you know you can't wait for the system. You know it's just unfortunate that that's just the way it is. Like if again, do you guys know the pipeline to get to the Premier League? No in idea. Canada? How's that possible? No idea. How's that possible? All I know, I've known a couple of kids who had family from England, and yeah, maybe yeah, they went to England, maybe played third division, and then were stuck in the academies and never really got a chance. But otherwise, I've never heard of anybody without a British background 
getting through that system right personally yeah. right you know and that's sad you it know is. it's sad you know and i think it's players like me and and uh and others that have played before to help people like jim brennan and Tal- stall terry and those guys who are absolutely who, who know what you know like they know what this game's about there's a reason why they started this canadian premier league jim brennan played for mls yep you know what I mean? Not that he hates them or anything, but he knows. He knows. He knows there's opportunity here. He's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's done well for himself. I like that guy. Definitely. He's a good smile. Definitely. I remember him with his little hand cast on playing for TFC. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but, um, but you know, and I met him on the... He's a good guy. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. Um, but he's in the system, you know, and the system has flaws. And he needs help from the outside to find that talent, you know. And, uh, and we got to do a better job of doing that before they start going and playing for Portugal, like yeah. Jesse. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a huge shame. I mean, you sent the you sent the footage, and yeah. I shared it with Giuliano. I mean, that kid is somebody gifted. type in Jesse Costa on YouTube. Yeah, Jesse Costa soccer, and yeah. just look at the pass with his left foot to the striker on the left side, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He's on his way. He's gonna be flying soon. Supporting those keep these kids in Canada. <laughs> Got it. Got to keep. Well, they try now, yeah. but it, I think it's at the point. Like, I mean, uh, it's too late. TFC versus Sporting Lisbon. Uh, going to Lisbon. I mean, for the national team, though. We need to keep these kids. He might make up his mind later on. Because can you imagine a talent like that? I mean, yeah. look at our national team in the future. Just look by the World Cup. It's oh. it's kind of getting there, but oh, it's like... So close. It, it is. Like, when you see guys like uh, when you see guys like Jonathan David, oh. fantastic. Alfonso, obviously. Oh. Like, there's some good talent. I think we're a little... I think I think Milan's time is... Milan Borjan's time is coming up. Mm-hmm. In between the sticks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Milan, if you're listening, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think they got to do some work there. They got to do some work in the back. The back. We need. Um, we've had a stigma of having um, very thick, tall, slow um, center backs, and uh, we need to have more athletic ones. And uh, I'm all for the the McKennas, and and like, I mean they've done a great job for us. I truly believe that our around 2010, 2008. Uh, 2006-ish was where we had a legit chance. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic group of players in their prime at that time. Uh, I couldn't really name you a bad player on the team. Um, you know, it was phenomenal when you look back at that, and, and we didn't accomplish that. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, we need we need a left back, right back, uh, center center back, two center backs. Um, offensively, we're quite good. I think so. You know, we have a couple guys that have come yeah. back, but but by 26, though, we might be a little bit old. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if Hoylet, how old is he now? He's up there, Junior. Junior's up there. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, interesting, you know. Um, so what, uh, Nelson's going to be there, so he'll junior. be around 20, about 20, 20 22? Around there, yeah, Junior Harlot's thirty now, so he'll be about thirty. He'll be around thirty-four. If we 35. don't, if we don't find better talent than him, he should be there. I don't want. Yeah. And here's one more thing. I don't. I don't know how long we're gonna go, but here, here's one thing that I wanted to say. Um, that is a big problem in Canada. Uh, we we tend to think that potential means now, and we put players that are not good now on the field because of potential. Uh, if you're fifty or if you're sixteen, you to me, I know you're trying to invest in the future, but we need productivity now. We need now. We need now to happen. And what we've been teaching the youth is because I'm good in the future, that's potential, um, that I deserve to be on the field now, which is not true. Because if you can't beat me at 37 in a race, um, there's no reason why you should be on the field you know, more than me. 
if I still yeah. score more goals than you at 37, like yeah. if I'm Luca Tony over here and I'm scoring goals, you know, and I'm leading the league, like why did he retire? I don't understand why he did it. Like, he got he got up there. He got a he got a board job up in the Hellas Verona too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just hate to see them leave. But uh, but like uh, you know, like when when you're still scoring goals, to me, you should stop scoring goals before you leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's what I want to see, because then you have a chance to teach the guys. How they need to win their spots. They got to win the spot. You can't just give it to them like, hey, you just signed. I'm going to give you a spot. Exactly. You know what I mean? Now, with Jaden Nelson. Mm. No, he deserves <laughs> yeah, a spot. He deserves a spot. He deserves yeah, I saw he, to watch um, this year, yeah. He got called up to the camp in January. Yeah, but he already made his national team appearance yeah. like three times already. He already yeah. scored a goal. You know what I mean? He played in the U-20s. Like, everybody knows who this kid is. Like, yeah. if the world knows who he is, eh. He just kind of deserves to be on the field. Like, mm-hmm. eh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I saw when he came on. I saw what he did. So Jaden's made his senior debut? Oh, for Canada? Yeah. Three times, yeah. Three times senior. Okay. And he scored. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. His record is better than most of our strikers. And it's on the bench at TFC. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I would rather him go to York 9 and play. That'll never happen, though. No. Never. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. Understand you're a passionate Canadian soccer fan. I am passionate. Yes, I am. What do you think of the work so far that John Herdman's done? John Herdman is who? He's he's the manager of. I'm joking. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. No man. I was um, gonna say. First of all, I have respect for anybody that takes the job. Yeah. Um, but we need to establish if we need to change the culture or not. Um, I would. I would. I would trust some. Maybe this is wrong to say. Is it wrong? Okay. Ah. Up to you. What's his last name? Herdman. Where does he come from? He's, yeah, he's from New Zealand. Oh, no, he's from England. He coached New Zealand. Yeah, so coached New Zealand when he was doing English. Yeah. I agree with you on that because people could not believe when Zambrano got fired. Zambrano was only in the job and not for nine months. And Zambrano brought this Canadian team to their first Gold Cup quarterfinal in a long time. And he was going overseas, and he was trying to convince players, come and play for Canada. I remember the big one we followed. It was Brian Cristante because he wanted Brian to play for Canada. Obviously, Brian got capped by Italy and went on to play for Italy. Um, and why he got why he got let go after just nine months with the work that he did, mind-boggling. Right. Mind-boggling. Everyone knew that John gave – I guess John gave them an ultimatum. Like, I'm going to leave and go do something else if you guys don't give me the men's team. That's apparently what the rumblings are. And then they go back down this same pipeline. One of two things. Always. Yeah. Either you're ignorant or it's on purpose. Well, I, I, I can't, you know, if I, if I look at uh, a CEO uh, wall of a company and all I see is the same face with similar last names, I'm going to assume that that's not by chance. We would come to that conclusion. I think right now what, what we're afraid to do is say the wrong thing. We're very politically correct, and I think that I believe in political correctness, mm-hmm. um, but I also believe in telling the truth, uh, even when it's not something that everybody has. A view. Like, everybody sees it, but nobody says it, and I don't yeah. understand why. Um, so, what, do you guys know when England won the World Cup? 66. Why are you laughing? A long time ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I, I have nothing against English players. Right. But I've, I've said off air that the EPL is not the English League. International. It should be the International League. Yeah. Because damn near everybody on that team is on their national team. Yeah. 
even into the championship now too. Right. It's really international. Right. And that's why they're making it harder for foreigners to get over there because you realize that all the English people are being pushed down. Yeah. They're not doing well in the World Cup. Nope. They haven't done well in the World Cup. Though they say that they're all, you know, that they're everybody looks forward to watching England. I do, like England, Germany, Italy. Like you watch the same teams. Yeah, I think all the England's time. the one team I don't look forward to watching. Yeah, so that's just a rivalry. But I mean, because because you could, <laughs> only be, only because people watch so much EPL, right? So they want to see some of the guys that are on the EPL. They can be like watch Rooney and whatever, right? Sure. However, the success rate is low. Why are we still using them so much? And now I know I'm really shaking the cart a lot because now it's like, okay, well, who the hell, you know, who does he think he is? Uh, let, me, let me look this guy up, see where he played. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, he's going to, you know, all that's going to happen. However, everybody else that's listening on this podcast is kind of shaking their head like, wow, did he really say that? Yeah, we agree. <laughs> What's going on here? Come on, guys. Like, come on. You're going to kick somebody out. Where did, where did uh, the former coach come from? Zambrano? Yeah. He was from Ecuador. Hmm. Okay. They're pretty successful. Yeah. Right. What kind of football were we starting to play? We were starting to play a possession. Yeah. More possession. We're, we were getting away from the hoof and pray. Right. We were getting away from the English style. Okay. So the so the, the style of play that we started to play was similar to the style of play that we see successful teams playing. Yes. Right. That makes sense, right? Yes. Let's, get, let's get rid of him. It shocked a lot of people. Okay. I was so shocked. It, it, I was pissed. I just, I, and, and we, we, because we're so nice in Canada, we don't ask questions. Oh, he got, oh, there must be a reason. But we don't, if this was Italy, what would happen? What happens if you guys just won the World Cup and you guys are doing well, you're number one in the world, then you guys sack the coach? There'd be a lot of, a lot of demand for what happened. You better tell us what happened and <laughs> yeah. why. Yeah. You better tell us why the, or they, else they'll, 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 they'll kill him. They would, will. There would be accountability. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big here, time. here there is none. We can fail, fail, and fail again, and nobody will say anything. And the expectation is so low that we can bring in people that are inept. I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying that we can. Like, I can be... It, uh, let's just say, I, I was going to say I could be the national team coach. Of course I wouldn't, because, well, we all know why I wouldn't, right? Mm, shaking the head, but we all know why we wouldn't. When's the last time we had an Italian national team coach? Never. Uh, but a Brazilian? Never. Okay. German, we know. Holger Rosier. Yeah. Right? Other than that... You guys, yeah, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? We had uh, Floro for a little while. Where's he from? Floro was Spanish. Spanish. Right? Tony Fonseca, yes. Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Gone, gone. But yeah. generally speaking, kind of the it. same. Steve, Stephen Hart. Ah, that guy was doing a lot of work behind the scenes, trying to get people to come back. And yeah. that was arguably when Canada. Yep, like yeah. you said, was at its most uh, recent mm-hmm. success. Yep, we were close. We were so close to a World Cup. Yeah, that guy probably has a zipper on his lips. Very smart man, because yeah. uh, I mean he's been through it. Successful, successful at a U twenty level. When I was playing, he was coaching the the younger team. I think U seventeen level. Worked his way up, got to the national team, did well. Actually, won games. Brought them to the cusp of winning, which I believe they actually did win that. You know, had the team playing as a team. Kept generally the same players around that were pretty good in their prime. And then magically just gone. Yeah. Uh, I hold I hold him in very high regard. Not because he's a black guy, because uh, I'm a black guy. It has nothing to do with race, guys. Yeah. It has to do with football, yeah. you know. And football translates ra- it transcends race. You know, it, it really does come down to... Um, nobody really knows who's making the decisions, and therefore we can't really hold anybody accountable. There's no press conference that talks no. about that stuff. You just hear about it in the back of the, of the paper. No. You know who should be, like, national team coach? Or, like, think about it? I don't even know if he wants to because maybe the system won't work. 
People like, um, why didn't Nick Dasovich get a shot? No idea. Ex-player, played over, he did well, everybody likes yeah. him, I like him. Why, um, like Atiba should be, but I know he would never do yeah. it. Um, Julian de Guzman? Yeah. Paul Stalteri? Yeah. Jim Brennan? Brennan. They were talking about, uh, who was the other guy they were talking about? The bright, uh, bright future coach, Dos Santos? Okay. They were saying down the road. We need, we need a, we, I think we need a player coach. We need a player coach. Yeah, you know? I agree with you, hundred percent. You know, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. It's just my opinion, right? I could be completely dead wrong, and maybe they have something in the works. I have no idea. Um, but whatever it is, there needs to be a change. We need to go and fetch and find these talents all overseas and convince them. Not only will do we do we, we we like you, but you, you have no shot. You know, with the Ital- Italian national team, possibly. Uh, how about you, know, you still have time to choose because you're so young? Come over here. We're going to give you a shot. International yeah. exposure. Boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fetch them out of, of Portugal and all the other places. Where's our Croatians? What's going on here? Like, what in the world? Our Yugoslavians, our Croatians, like our Polish people? Like, I, what in the world is we going did have, on uh, here? We have for a little while. Yeah, oh, Thomas? Thomas, yeah. Go 40 minutes down the highway, 401 West, and you're, you know, Mississauga, Croatia, Polish. Yeah, Ukrainian. but Thomas, we got the best of Thomas later on. I know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he was fishing first, you know what I mean? He like, was, for sure. Yeah, he was fishing, you know what I mean? He and, was, for sure. Yeah, like, we didn't do him well. I'm pretty no. sure we cut him from, like, the, you know, um, uh, what's his name? They want to play for Man United there. Great player. Hargraves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We lost out on him. Big time. Big time. Big time. Calgary born. Yeah, I think yeah. he, yeah. So, uh, Begovich, too. Oh, Nick Begovich. Yeah, I used to know him. We, we went to the game when they when Canada was playing Chile in the other 20, and he was a starting goalkeeper for Canada. I'm like, this guy's got a bright future. Yeah. And then he went over and decided to play for Bosnia, right? Yeah. He got a World Cup out of it. Yeah. Bosnia's first World Cup. Who's the goalkeeper you're telling me about that's Canadian in uh, on Sevilla? Bono. Bono's. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Canadian. I heard I heard his name, yeah. Nobody knows about it. No. Nobody. Like, plays for Morocco, got a World Cup out of it. Wow. But this is the these are the guys we're missing out on. Yeah. This is crazy. This and, is crazy. And if you think about this is this is where it becomes embarrassing. Then you think about our competition to get into the World Cup. Yeah. Where do they play? Oh my gosh. Yes. We're fighting against Costa Rica. Panama, we can't beat Panama. We can't beat Panama. Come on, we can't beat Panama. No, we get. Come on, we're 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 winning against like Barbados. Yeah, Jamaica has how many people? Do they make more money than us? Damn, like I mean, that's who that's who we. So we gotta okay. So our real competition. Well, obviously we're gonna make this World Cup because we're having it. That's the reason why we're making it, right? Like so, it's like a like a mercy kind of thing. But Qatar is still up in the air, right? The Qatar World Cup next year still up in the air. Yeah, they should just bring that over here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they're just bringing it over here man safe place right um but but uh yeah like i mean uh we, we really have to fight against like honduras that shouldn't be competition no um, mexico should be our competition united states should be our competition um uh, that's, that's about it. it that's it that's about it there's no reason why we shouldn't be top three in this region no every year and there's three spots if i'm not mistaken right yeah. Three, three and a half three, yeah. three and a half yeah. so. So the playoff spot. So, like, to me, it's just like, okay, you know what I mean? And a a lot of these players play nowhere. Yeah. Played against Cuba, and, like, four of them wanted to defect. Yeah. It's embarrassing. You're playing against teams that some of their players are are trying to stay in your country. Like, that's what we're up against, and and we get happy when we win those games. Play against Martinique. Like, what? The bar's low. (laughs) Bar's low. I mean, like, so if we get these players that play overseas... 
You think we're not winning these games? We're guaranteed the World Cup every year. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And give them money. Yeah. Like our per diem sucks. Ah, let's say it's been a while since I've been on the national team. Yeah. Guys, uh, just in case, I only played for them once. So my per diem was once. But I could tell you from experience that, uh, and from others that our per diem was not that great. I don't know if it's changed. Our per diem means like when you play for the national team, you get a little bit of money to spend or to save or whatever just for you coming out, right? I don't know how much our money has gone up, but I feel bad. I'll repeat that. I feel bad for the national team because they need more support. Right. It's hard to say that in a pandemic, but, yeah. you know, they need more support, they do. Um, you know, and I wish that they would get that. But uh, but yeah, we need to get these players back and, and get them on the national team and keep them there and feed them. Don't let them go hungry for like a couple of months or a couple of years and then try to bring them back again because they're not going to come. They're not going to come. We need to do more. So it goes back to want it. Yeah, we, yeah, they would like to play for our country. But after spending that much time out there, mm. I mean, what have you done for me lately? What are you offering me? Like, am I going to make the World Cup? No, you haven't proven that. So why would I play for your country? Other than to keep my status in the country that I'm currently in, because you need to play a certain amount of national team games in order to stay in England or wherever, because they're making it harder. That's why they come back. They need to come back because they love it. You know, yeah. like these African guys, they leave, you know, EPL teams midseason to go play in the African Cup of Nations. Because, yeah. And they don't even care. They're like, we're going. It's our yeah. constitutional right to go. We're going. And they leave their teams high and dry. And these teams, knowing that these guys are playing on their international teams, are willing to still pay millions of dollars for their services and pay them while they're gone. But we as a country offer nothing. Nothing. And so you want them to leave. You want Julian to Guzman to leave his $3 million euro contract to come here and, and miss out on game bonuses to come here and get and get a, a, a thousand bucks? No. For a week? The At a camp? Doing that. In a camp in, in Florida? If that's what you wanted him to do, ah, come on, you're asking a lot, you know, you're asking a lot. So. Put it that way, yeah, it's uh, obvious why he struggles there. The struggle's real. Yeah. It's real. I feel bad for the national team players because I'm telling you, I've seen guys cry. Like they want it bad. They they do not like walking into stadiums and or or you know being talked about in the newspaper whenever they're being transferred. Like who is this guy? He's not good enough already because he plays for Canada. You know, never mind not even playing for Canada. It's ridiculous. Anyone listening, like, go on the, the FIFA world rankings of, of national teams and just check out the teams that surround us. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. I think we sponsor some of those teams. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I think Seriously. that, like, like, it's pretty bad. It, it's bad. It's embarrassing. New Zealand? You gotta be kidding me. Like, what? Shameful. So, in your mind, say magically you were able to get it right. We were able to get it right. We, 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 we fixed all these problems that are clearly there. Right. Where do you see Canada, the men's national team, in the world? Do you see them top 20? Like if we were, if everything went well and we got things right, what's the potential? The, the, the landscape of, 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 of Canada would be completely different, number one. So if we got it completely right, this would be on TV. This podcast would be on TV. Right. That, 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 that would be making it right because it's an objective look without bashing um, passionate people who care, which yeah. which is not enough of. Because let's face it, a lot of the people that we see on TV have made it and they're on TV and, and they need to toe the line yes. for some of them. Right. Yes. And so you don't hear criticism at all. How are you going to get better if you don't hear criticism? So, so the landscape would be different if we got better. I would basically look at the, 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 the countries, not even the teams, the countries that are in the top 10. 
if we name them, we can kind of name them, right? So you not in order, but we have like your Italy's, so you have your Brazil's, Brazil's. So you have your Portugal's, yeah. right? England's up there. England's up there. Um, Spain. Spain's up there. Tell me why Croatia's there. Croatia's there. Okay, so but no, tell me why they're there. They're a small country. A small country. Mm-hmm. Structure. Passion. Okay, but we're talking about when everything's perfect. Yes. So that, that's assuming that our structure is is good. Well, Belgium too recently. Small, Belgium, tiny nation, got it together in right. the last 10 first years. in the world. Right, yeah. right. Okay, first in the world. so I would put us there. Why not? Like, why should Turkey be higher than Canada? You're right. I mean, I understand that we don't have an army, <laughs> and they do. Somebody made the joke that you know Turkey could take over Canada if they wanted to within like a weekend, right? Because we're <laughs> we're peaceful people. But why why can we not be in the top ten? Why can't America be in the top ten? You know, uh, if you look at the countries that are in the top 10, a lot of them don't make as much as we do. Um, you know, they're not they don't have a population that we do. They don't have the space that we do. Um, they don't have the opportunity that we do. But there's one thing that they do have. Um, uh, the struggle. We don't have a struggle here. They have to make it. And that translates into they have to win the ball. They have to tackle. They have to run that extra 10 yards. They have to do that. There's a desperation to their play that we don't have. We haven't been through anything. I mean, when we talk about war, we're talking way, 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 way back. Theirs is very recent. They come, a lot of them come through communism. You know, they come through all this different stuff. So they know what it is to fight and to want. And they know what an opportunity is when they see it. To have money, making making money in a, in a sport that you love, transcends and translates in your football. And therefore, that's why you would have the Czech Republics doing well. And you have the Croatians doing well, the Yugoslavians doing decent. The um, uh, uh, Was it Moldova? Who, who was doing really well? Um, Mo, 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 Mo. They did really well. At Montenegro. Montenegro yeah. should never, never be higher ranked than us. It's impossible. But they know what it's like. They want it more than us. They do. So if you look at, for example, Leafs, the Leafs lose every year. But who sells out the stadiums? We do. All the time. All the time, right? So Toronto Raptors have won. They had losing seasons forever, right? We shipped out Vince Carter, and we can't name who we switched him for. Yeah. We have a culture of doing that because we know that we're going to make money regardless, right? So Canada, same thing. TFC, packed. They're winning. But winning at the expense of Canadian talent. What happens if we all boycotted and said, no. Big changes quick. But in a landscape like that you're talking about, that's what we would do. The whole culture of Canada would have to change, where we start demanding success. And demanding it like how the other people do, where we say no. Instead of it being reversed on us, we want it to be 85% Canadian talent and, and, and only 15%. But like we, we got to demand that, no, only three Americans can be on the team. Yeah. Instead of, of three Canadians, or, and they're counting as foreigners, the Americans are foreigners. This is Canada. Our stadium is in Canada. It's in Toronto, Canada. Why are we foreigners in our own stadium? That's right. It's impossible. So the whole landscape needs to change. And when that does happen, I truly do believe that we would be, and there's no excuse. Like even our mentality of asking the question, you know, where, where do you see us? People would say, ah, top 20. Why? Name the top 20. Name 20 countries, period. Most people can't even name 20 countries. Why are they better than Canada? I don't understand. Canada is one of the best places in the world. Sweden is ranked higher than Canada. Tell me why. One reason. Two couple of reasons. Number one, they've had a league forever. Yeah. All their talent play in that league. And a lot of their talent doesn't leave that league. Yeah. So they create superstars that stay in the league. And the best ones go to make more money. Yeah. They come back and play in the league. They have what we haven't had for years. Yeah. That's it. So our talent, even the ones we're talking about now, are going to leave. 
So we're not going to offer uh, uh, Jaden Nelson uh, a contract comparable to um, any team in the world right now, based on based on his talent. We just can't afford it. Yeah. But wouldn't it be nice to have a Jaden Nelson stay here and enter into the World Cup as a as a as, as a, a, a you know, Ontario born um, uh, in, uh, Canadian national team captain? Yeah. Brazil was like, uh-uh, we're not giving away Pele. No. We can play anywhere else. What? No. So everybody knows who Santos is because of Pele. Wouldn't it be nice to know that York 9 was known because of Jaden Nelson or Hamilton or whatever, and he just played his whole career out there and just made millions of dollars so he didn't have to leave and he can stay with his family? The Canadian dream shouldn't be to make it to Europe. The Canadian dream should be to stay in Canada. I agree. And a good example, too, is Argentina. They have a well-established league, big teams. You know, you can choose to go overseas, but you can choose to make a name for yourself in Argentina with Newell's Old Boys, Boca Juniors, River Plate. There's lifelong players that have made their names at these clubs. And, you know, like we talked to uh, before, players are able to drop back like club. Carlos Tevez, yeah. he's dropped back to Boca Juniors and yeah. now has batted an eye. I think he's 37 now. Yeah. He's still scoring goals. Yeah. And looking good, and yeah. and people, and not to mention, when you get older, people remember what you've done in the past. So now you're a draw, you're a draw, right? So like we're missing out on that. So oh, Big time. you turn you turn thirty two, mm, too old. We're with the youth. What do you mean? The youth don't know anything. Like, I mean, like okay, if the youth know everything when they're born, just don't coach them. They're gonna be great. No, they need guidance. You need a guy like me, a big fart like me, to be still active, playing around, and doing well. And then you need that youth to say, ah, I got to take that guy's spot. And then do it in training. See? And then do it in training. And then do it in training. And then slowly, off the bench, into a starter, push me back until I fall off the bench and I go, all right. But you can't just take me and just throw me aside. Like, Ali Gerber should have been beaten off that team. Like, what, why didn't he play in the MLS? That guy did unbelievable. He did. When, 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 um, when he went over to Montreal, when they were in the USL. Scored all the goals. I saw his highlights. I like, what the heck is going on here? Where was this in TFC? I didn't see it. No, it wasn't there. And then as soon as they made the MLS, gone. We're, I think, obsessed with age for some reason here. Age where's, discrimination. Where's Issei Nakajima Farhan? Scored three goals. He scored uh, two goals in, I think, four games for TFC. We booked him. He left Europe, came back here, played for a TFC Canadian team, Canadian talent. Gone. Went to Montreal after a year. Gone. We just yeah. throw him away like like nothing. Like, if they did, like, I mean, they've done things for this country. Yeah. They put us on the map. Issei put us on the map in Denmark. Um, um, you know, uh, so did Atiba. Like, there's guys that have done work. It's work. You know, I, when I went to Hungary, I was the first guy there. Now people are going to Hungary all the time. I was the first one to go to Czech Republic. Now people are going to Czech Republic all the time. I got a text from Boney Wilfried, um, you know, who said, thank you for opening up the door. He comes from Ivy Coast. That guy used to eat pasta at my house. My, my, my wife now used to cook. You know what I mean? He yeah. said, thanks for opening up the door. I was going to say, I was looking at the roster of that team, and it was insane, the players that were on that team. On that Esparta Prague team. Yeah. Wilfred Boney being one of them. Yeah. Jan Shimak ended up, like, when I got put on loan with Sparta Prague, he, this guy played. It, <laughs> this guy was, like, the MVP of the Bundesliga, like, a couple years prior. Came to Sparta Prague. If people don't know politics, when a coach comes, uh, can we talk politics on this? Like, course, soccer course. politics? Coach came, right? They, they, I think they lost uh, one or two games, you know, in that country. Like, you're the top team. Once you drop under Slavia Prague, it's, it's axed for you, right? You're done as a coach. So I got brought in with the coach that, you know, that got axed. And so while I was there, he got axed. And Jan Shimek was on the team, right? Me and, and Repka and, and, you know, we're all there. And then um, the new coach came in and brought about eight players. Wow. And all eight players came from his agent, 
who got him the job at Sparta Prague. And Jan Schimmick was one of the guys that got sent on loan. That guy played in the Bundesliga. Watch his career. About a year and a half later, back in the Bundesliga with Stuttgart. But things happen. You understand? You can see it, right? Like, I mean, I'm not making it up. There's no, re- I'm not bitter about my career. I'm very okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I have no reason to lie. And, and, and like, eh, that's, that's the situation. You know what I mean? We gotta find a way to to keep these guys around. You got you gotta bring your Atiba. Atiba has to. I know he won't because because of the system. He should be retiring somewhere. Give him a million dollar deal, you know, and let him play out the last two years of his career somewhere yeah. in the Canadian Premier League, you know, and help him bring some 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 Turkish guys over here if he needs to yeah. that have a name, you know. And we need to bring you know established guys that can still play that aren't old farts that can't you know just want you to pass the ball and head it or something like that. Guys that are in their 33, 34, 32, 31, you know, around there. Bring them back. Bring them. Bring them here. And have them teach these guys and and let them play too and let the young guys fight we're so afraid to let these guys fight because we're going to bruise their feelings or something nobody wants to see a professional league of 15 year olds running on the field no no one's playing no one's paying for that we're paying to see football and if the football is not comparable to what we see other places we're going to change the channel you can't expect us to invest in something that sucks we have to have quality we have to have it. And right now, a lot of times we don't. If you watch even the Canadian Premier League sometimes, it's a lot of loss of possession. It is. Why? It's like bang, bang, bang. We're playing hockey. Bang, 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 bang. Left, right, left, right. Oh, we got it. Okay, now you got it. And and as I tell the young people when I when when, we, when I train them, I tell them, I said, the only reason why you guys are comfortable with losing possession is because you know you're going to get it back because the other team sucks as much as possession <laughs> as you do. But you do that. Go ahead. You go to Mexico. You lose the ball. Go ahead. See how long in that hot sun you're running for. I had guys faint playing man to man. I'm one of those guys. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? But because we lose the ball so often, trying to do things that don't make sense. I'll give you a perfect example. I never understood as a striker why you would play me a ball to a corner flag. So when I get it. You were a striker? When you make that run and then they play it over your head to the corner flag, what the hell are you supposed to do with that? There's nothing. There's not much you can do. So they drag you out of position. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they yeah, they put you in the corner. And now what are you? Are you a striker or are you a winger? You're a a winger now. Okay. So now when you cross that ball, who's heading it? (laughs) The five foot eight uh, central (laughs) midfield. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Loss of possession. Go the other way. Right. So like, keep the wingers wide. You know, make them make diagonal runs. And if you're going to go out there, the winger needs to come in. We need to crisscross. We need to work on forty five degree angles. We need to create triangles and diamonds in our play. Always have options. Keep the opponent in the center of that diamond or in the triangle. Work 45s all the time. We're not seeing that. We're seeing a lot of ball to feet. Another thing. Nobody wants a leading pass anymore. Nobody wants to run. They all want it to the foot, to the foot, to the foot, because they're all playing FIFA. They need to stop playing FIFA, and they need to start playing Pez, because Pez, you have lead passes. Pez, you can't shoot unless the ball's at your foot. That's right. Pez, you can't turn unless the ball's at your foot. And these guys are playing FIFA too much because they're turning, and, and they're turning into pressure. They're trying to do moves that don't make sense. They're not playing one twos properly. We're not making third man runs. We're not making fourth man runs, which is a pass, another pass, a false pass, and a pass. We're missing that. And we're not learning football as we should. And so we're playing like video games. And it's a video game. It's not real. Right? And so this ball defeat thing needs to stop. If I want you to move, I'm going to pass it ahead of you so you're forced to move. Not pass it to your foot so you need to take that leading touch, that stupid thing that they teach you where you take that touch out of your feet. Why? Just pass it into the space. It's stupid. Run into the pass. I love that because yeah, it's a YouTube generation, a FIFA generation. It's all about the highlight. 
Yeah. The nice dribble, like you said, the wonder goal. It's yeah. not about the simple things, the basics of the game, which have got lost. Yeah. Like, um, they need to start shooting from outside the box again. Like, I don't know what the hell this passing into the six-yard box thing is going. Not everybody's doing that properly, guys. I mean, let's face it, we're not all Barcelona over here. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I understand Arsenal tried it for a while. Uh, we got to start shooting. Like, if you, have, you look up, you take a touch, you look up, you're on the 18-yard box, that needs to be a shot. Shoot first, pass second, dribble last. That's how it works. I got a question. Who's the best player you've played with? And I got, uh, about Repka, how was he as a character? I've heard a few things about him from league uh, commentators. So I'll tell you the first day. <laughs> the first day. Oh, yeah, you have? Okay, that guy. All right. So I walk into the change rooms for prep, right? So originally, this is how it works. I don't know if people understand this. But you don't just get signed. You go over there and you got to like maybe play a game, right? And then they kind of check you out, right? And they do a little heart monitor test and everything like that. So we did an exhibition game against some team. I don't even know where they're from. And uh, we beat him. Come back to the dressing room. This guy, I have my carry lotion. What was it? It was um, Navia. Navia, Navia cream, that thick one in the blue bottle. I had that. And I used to always lather myself up with that before the game. And so uh, I was lathering myself up with that thing. And then this guy sits down next to me and just takes the ball or just starts squirting this thing in his hand, like just squeezing it and just lathering himself up. And he starts like spreading it all over his body, just like me. He looks at me and he goes, hey. And I said, hey, uh, so you like it? Hey? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I played the game. <laughs> I played the game. <laughs> I came back, um, you know, and he just said, like, if you need anything, because I'm, I'm, I was a very intense player. Right. I, I would fight you on the field. Um, maybe not. I would fight you physically, but I, I wouldn't. I would fight you with the ball. Like, I would win all my 50-50s. I'd make those runs. All my tackles meant something. You would feel me. You would know that I'm there. And he loves that because he's a freaking nut. And uh, he told me about his training regimen. And he just said, if you need anything, let me know. And he gave me a number. Um, and so I didn't know how influential that guy was until I went to a club one night. And uh, this really big, ball-headed guy was being pushed around at the coat, the coat check. Uh, and I remember he had this beautiful, hot wife or something like that that was with him. And he just looked like a certain kind of guy. And um, he got pushed around a lot. And um, I just remember he, like, he nudged somebody. He said, if this guy does it one more time, and he said it in check. And then the guy did it again. And he just like straight up just hit this kid, like headbutted him, boom, right? And, and then his wife just gently didn't I didn't know who she was. It was me and my wife at the time. And uh, she just gently ushered us right through the whole crowd and just said, go get your coats, honey. Go get your coats. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Repka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to be protected over there. But um, but yeah, he, he was a good guy, intense guy. He just wanted the best out of you. Uh, I spoke English. He spoke English. I didn't know much about him until I got there. And then I realized who he was. And even when I played against him, like uh, he he fouled me damn hard. Like it was supposed to, supposed to should have been a penalty, but eh, they gave him you know they gave him uh, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Was the uh, who was the most skilled player you'd say you played with? Oh man, time. all time. That I mean, just in my opinion, right? Okay, so I played the Zidane and Friends game, so I'm gonna disqualify That's Zidane. That's right. Right. Yeah. In 2009. You, you, you that is amazing. Yeah, the, he set up the goal, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave me the through ball. Yeah, uh, I should have shot that, but I was scared. <laughs> I was scared of missing, you know. I laid it off. Um, ah, man. So I'm gonna go back in time. This is the honest truth. Uh, there was a kid that uh, from Canada that played. Um, oh, oh, this is gonna be tough, man. I'll tell you guys that I was impressed with. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's a guy named Miguel Campos. I'm going to name names. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember all of them. There's this one ball-headed kid, light-skinned guy, had a, the best touch I've ever seen in my life, ever, including in professional football. Um, there was a guy named Tolly. 
anyone that played or was around um, in Woodbridge, they would know. Um, there was uh, the best player I've ever played with in my life was Jan Shimak. Yeah, I've never met someone um, who had a unique touch, who had a demand and a composure about him, uh, who had a change of pace, which is missing today, where you slow down for a reason and then you accelerate for a reason mm -hmm. to pass a person, right? Mm -hmm. You slow down the opponent. He had that. He had an unbelievable shot. He can trap the ball. He could bring the ball down with one touch. His first touch was intentional, meaning that he placed it where he wanted it to go, not just touched it to stop it and then move it. Um, he had an unbelievable free kick. He had a composure about himself. He knew how to pass the ball outside of the foot, inside of the foot, dull foot, which means top of the foot, dead ball, back curl with, uh, with wind, meaning when the wind is against you, how you pass that ball so it doesn't swerve and that you pass it ahead of your opponent, it comes back towards him. Strikers love that. They know You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I've never seen a player do that in training and in game so often and almost never make a mistake. I don't think I've ever seen him lose the ball before. In my life, who I've played with, that's the greatest player that I think, I think I've ever, ever played with, ever. Awesome, that's yeah. awesome. But the greatest of all time, in my opinion, is Ronaldo. Brazilian? Yes. I agree, I love that too. Uh, as a, I mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm confronted with that a bit, but I can say, because player, you're talking about full player, striker, I cannot. If you ask Ibrahimovic, he'll tell you. You know, if you ask Zidane, he'll tell you. Anyone that doesn't know the Brazilian El Fenomeno Ronaldo, um, you might want to take a look back and see. He has done things. He has done things um, that ought not to be done. He's, com he's combined moves. It just doesn't make any sense. Even when he was bigger, uh, when he joined Real Madrid, yeah. the stuff that he did. You look back at the World Cup, he did a toe poke from about 18 yards out that beat Turkey in the World Cup that people didn't under... That was like the faint punch from Muhammad Ali. It was just a, a toe poke with a down curl. He toe poked it up and the ball went down. He dipped the ball on a toe poke in a World Cup. What? What? The dummy from Rivaldo and then like the finish. If you look at the finish, the composure, he tucked it in the corner from 18 yards out. He passed it in. That, I'm not even talking about the moves that he's done and, and the goals he scored in Barcelona and what he did in Italy. Inter Milan. Ugh. Like, did you see some of this stuff? In the fog, in the muck, in the mud. Exactly, yeah. When the fields weren't oh, there today. Now everything's gosh. perfect. Perfect. I, I have a thing for the legends. I look back at them. Like, I know that you're like a Tati fan, right? Big time. Have you guys seen some of the goals that guy scored? Of course. Like... Ugh, I don't know which one he scored. Um, that massive chip from how many yards? With like twenty-five yards out, where he like fake blasting it, he just chipped it. I, I tried to tell you about it before, but I don't think you remembered it. But he came off the left side. He like he, he beat a guy, beat another guy, came down the middle, and then everybody thought he was gonna like blast it or pass it or something like that. And he just did this faint chip from about twenty yards out. Yeah, it was it was against Inter. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's what made it gorgeous, I guess. I mean, that hurts. It hurts, but it was it was just one of the most sweetest things you've ever seen, and I just don't see that finesse today. I just don't, and I'm not a hater on today's product. Like, 
I love it. Like, I mean, they're faster. Um, you know, in some ways, they have different skills. I won't say they're more skillful because I think it takes because we all know what they did to the ball in 2010, right? Like it dips and swirls more than it ever did before. Um, they had some help, right? Um, when you look at like Baggio's free kicks, did things. That's my guy. Right there. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. I, was, I was gonna say then. Do you think players today are maybe a little bit overcoached? Now they're not allowed to use their own minds to play the game. I don't think you have the chance to 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 create your identity. You know, like when Beckham had his hairstyle, he did that. He didn't learn that. You know what I mean? Um, when you look at Mihaljevic for a second, you know he played for Lazio, right? And then he played for Inter. Yeah. Um, what was his technique? His technique was terrible. You know, he wasn't the greatest defender, but the way how he defended and what he offered offensively, right? I mean, would you advise? Uh, a 17 year old to take free kicks from what, 35 yards out no and, and he's the record holder i think in city f for most free kick goals there you go right but he developed that on his own you know what i mean and and you know just because you run a certain way i remember somebody said something amazing to me um you know when robin was coming up aaron robin right played for holland yeah he had a terrible right foot they were trying to correct it trying to correct it you know wouldn't let him pass you know and then they said you know what he's yeah, his, his right foot's okay. Let's just make his left foot the best in the world. And up until this day, he still leans on his right foot. We all, all, everybody knows where he's going. Cut, cut. He's going to cut sometime. We don't know when. Somewhere around the 18-yard box. We're going to cut. We're going to cut backwards about 35 degrees. And then we're going to away from our opponent as he's going backwards. And then he's going to put a top left-hand corner. Everybody knows he's going to do that. I mean, the most ridiculous goal ever was in the one in, in the World Cup 2010 when he made a full-on donut. He he went to the right. He couldn't shoot with his right. He cut, 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 cut around the person he should have passed to, cut around the next guy that was coming back, and then wafted in the net. Yeah. All left. Against Spain, yeah, against Spain. Right, right. Yeah. Garincha, another one, right? All left, right? So um, I believe that we just need to work on their strengths. Of course, you work on their weaknesses, but perfect their strengths. And I just find that a lot of times, like, we're just afraid. We're so coached up. Because we need to prove why we got our UEFA A license, that you know we need to show them why. Oh well, this is what they taught me in school. Oh, that's wrong because that wasn't in the book. Nobody's developing anything. Like we don't need a book to tell us how to warm up kids. You create something. You need to be creative. But if you're not creative, then you're not creative. I like that. Roberto Martinez, he just did a podcast. And he recently said the exact same thing as you: is perfect the the player's strengths. Right. Don't make them. Don't work on their bad foot. Don't perfect the strengths because they need something to stand out. So he talked about Kevin De Bruyne, De Bruyne, for instance, how he helped him develop his uh, passing abilities, vision. Right. So we, we work on that. We don't work on the weak parts of his game and let him excel in that, and that will make him stand out. Yeah. And uh, Belgium, actually, in regards to nations, you know, turning things around, they had a poor 2002 World Cup. They didn't like what they see, and they put that system into... Uh, into focus, work on players' strengths, and now, now look at them. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of the players that come back from Europe, like I, I you know, I, I, I've known for a while, so I train them sometimes. And and the, what I put them through, they they usually can't do, not because they don't have the ability, but they they don't have it upstairs. They've never they they've been programmed to think a certain way, and then when you crack that, even though it, it makes sense on the fields, because a lot of the, the the drills and stuff that people do is just formula formulaic. 
pass here, you go here, down the wing, you cross it, okay, da, 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 and you do that. It's just simple stuff. And then when you get in the game and somebody takes that option away, they don't know how to get around it. Yes. So vision and understanding how things work and how to create space and how to find the pocket to go into. Like striker, if it's not coming to you, you got to find that off, that you know, that 45-degree angle where you can come a little bit deeper and pick it up. You might be able to play a one-two or a turn. Like one of the things that I don't see enough of is facing one direction and just turning the other freaking direction. Like face one way, everybody moves that direction. You either make the pass that needs to be made into space where everybody knows. So, you know, that's when you can make a corner flag pass to the winger. I, I get it as a striker. I'm able to turn or as a midfielder, I'm able to turn. I look to the, to the right and then I just pass it down the wing to the left because I know that the defenders are moving up and therefore I could pass it beyond him 45 degrees. And now my winger is not only beyond them but he's beyond them and he can cut in right so like there's just so much um variations that need to be used and just plausible uh like just options that we have that we don't use because we're so focused on doing what the coach says and i always tell the players i say hey i'm going to give you instructions it's up to you to find out how to execute it because on the field i can't play for you I'm, my coaching is done. I should like, you know, one of the small times that I wanted, like, I was coaching, I, I just trained, but um, I would sit down. I would only get up if I needed to make like a sub or if I needed to call somebody over and say, hey, but it's up to you. If you can't solve it, you're not a football player. All this coaching on the sideline, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, what did you pay those millions of dollars for? For what? They should be able to figure it out. True. And that, talking about player coaches, like you said, uh, Canada probably should look into a player coach. Yeah. All the great managers these days, Zidane, for instance, went back to back to back Champions Leagues. Yeah. When I watch him, that is his style. You let the big guys make their decisions up top, or they got to play the game in their own mindset. You can't pre program these guys to do everything because, like you said, once that program's <laughs> been figured out, it's a disaster. Yeah, uh, thank God that the guys thank, thank God that Zidane got his coaching license, or else he would have never been able to win that Champions League, eh? <laughs> no, like, do you think that we would have been able to give him like? Do you think that he'd be able to coach like the men's national team or maybe TFC if he didn't have a coaching license, Zidane? Oh man, like, thank God for that book that he read. Thank God for who coached him. Can you imagine the coach that taught Zidane and gave him his license? Must have taught him a lot. Come on, get the heck out of here. You know what I mean? You either know how to drive or you don't. You know what I mean? You either drive or you don't. You know, like, so. Players understand the game different than guys. Like like you said, you have to be in the culture of the game. You have to understand it. Yeah. And Zidane is intuitive enough to know. Yeah. The big guys let them play the game they think it should be played. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, and uh, first year, what did he win? First year, what did he win? First year he won. Uh, so he's a, yeah he won Champions League his first year. Oh, he came in halfway through, right? Yeah, yeah he won the Champions League three times in a row, and then I think he won La Liga in his last year of Champions League. Wow! And he won La Liga last season as well. Season. Wow! What a resume already. Are we putting him down as one of the greatest coaches of all time yet, or are we still giving that to uh, who we who we saying here? No one's won three Champions Leagues in a, in a row. Yeah. Okay. Just just wondering because I hear Alex Ferguson a lot. Uh, no. I. Who would you say is number one? I mean, to date, I would say Zidane. It sounds crazy, right? Has anybody done what he's done in this short amount of time? No. How long has he been a coach? Four, three five, to four years? Five years? Yeah, five years. Five years, three yeah. Champions Leagues. Like, yeah. uh, two La Ligas, yeah. Two La Ligas. Two La Ligas. One day he'll, he'll eventually coach the French national team, which will be scary. So I guess you could you could say you can hold off on Zidane being the greatest, right? Because we already know there's already one guy that says that he's the special one. 
haven't been special for a while, but um, he's, uh, yeah, he's that's now. what he says, man. Um, Another draw against Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Zidane would have to go to like a, a decent team, not a great team, right? With all you know the the stuff, but I mean, who, who, what great coach did not have a good team? You know, it's very difficult to exactly, say. Yeah. And in all fairness, this. Well, now we can say they're great because they won all the Champions League, but this Real Madrid team, I wouldn't say had the, the superstars like of the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. You know, I wouldn't say that. This was more of a, I don't know how to put it, but there was more expensive teams, I would say. Yeah. And they, they somehow figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that, you know, right now I would say Zidane. There's no reason not to. I mean, just take away everybody else's long, you know, like their, their, their length of years. Yeah. But I would say Zidane. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's very difficult to say that Zidane wasn't... I, people keep saying one of the because there's so many great ones. Have you ever seen someone like Zidane play? No. no not like Zidane. No, not, not with his style. Not with his fluidity. Like, just the way how he was like Mozart on the field. I remember him bandaged up in 2006. I was dying because this, this guy was still beating Brazil with a bad leg. I was just so distraught. Like Brazil will never be the same again, and uh, that's how good he was. And um, a total player. Like I just finished watching a documentary on Maradona. Okay. Oh man, that's it's it, it's really difficult, guys. Because yeah. Maradona, if you watch like his games and you go dig deep into Maradona stuff for the size that he was and the goals that he scored, bringing Napoli. Ooh. Napoli was nothing until Maradona showed up. Napoli was nothing. In that's the that's hard. That's yeah. hard to uh, hard to beat that one there. And um, you know, I used to say Pele, but mm, it's difficult because he stayed in Brazil, played a lot of games against people that, and then it was a lot. You know, Maradona played until '94, guys. Yeah, he, he played. Uh, Juliano was saying he played actually played a game here for uh, his last, one of his last games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think his official last game was 97. Like, he played for uh, Boca, yeah. I think, like 97, I think was the last game. Yeah, he went late into the 90s. Yeah, yeah, he went, yeah so I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It's kind gifted. of tough. Gifted. I don't know what to say. I mean, if you're going to go, the most gifted guy I've ever seen is Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho? Yeah. That, that two year, two and a half year span, there was nobody like him. I mean,. He was on fire. Every single highlight that you've ever seen of Ronaldinho was pretty much in about a two and a half to three year span. That's how good his years were. I mean, it was, even when he went to AC Milan, it was some good stuff, but. Yeah, at Barcelona, he was a. Oh my. There was that one where he sat Sergio Ramos down on his ass. He came from the left side. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And when he got the standing ovation, right? Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, oh my gosh. It was, it was, I mean, that team, like you had a young Messi coming up you had Eto scoring goals forever you had larson who was a legend like one of my Johnson, of all time larson man unbelievable like that there were some teams back then if you it looked was. at like ac milan at the same time as barcelona and look at inter like if you looked at those teams it's the who's who of who's who it was unbelievable uh, man those leagues were packed with talent you know and the weird thing is, which kind of brings us back to the, I guess the question a bit is, in overcoaching, we don't see the characters of the players like that anymore. I don't know if that was just a special golden generation, because I felt, you know, I grew up watching that. I don't know if that makes it a little bit different in my head, but I felt like those guys were head and shoulders above what we see today. Yeah. 
I just feel that way. I do, too. I don't know if that's a bias. By the way, Orlin Chalmers, another guy, played Orlin for Lil. Uh, another amazing talent. Came back U20, um, you know, played in, it, speak French, like he was there five years, like nobody even knew. Been on national team, uh, U20, on TV, worst decision he ever made. They were, they were begging him to play for France, and he didn't. Can you imagine? Think about this. This is going into 99, 2000, begging him to play for France. You know what team he would have been on? Dance. World Cup winners. That's insane. That's insane. 97, 98, 90, they were begging him to play for France. So, like, Orlin Chalmers, another one. Don't even know him. No highlights. You're not going to feed him. I've never heard of him. It's never heard of him. That's crazy. Yep. Like, that, there was a Fab Five that was on the U20 national team. Um, and he was one of them. There was Miles O'Connor. Um, there was a bunch of them. And, and or, obviously, you know, um, Julian and whatever. But the, all of those guys were just fantastic. I can't even tell. I don't want to be that old fart talking about old players. I'm not joking. You guys got to see these. The unbelievable, man. Like, the speed and the pace and the technique. Like, if you thought, oh, man, it was just unbelievable. So, I believe that there's massive talent here. I know that York 9 has a young talent. Um, the striker kid, uh, he's 17 years old, Lowell. Lowell, yeah. I don't know his last name. I used to kind of train him a little bit um, earlier on in his life. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a great talent. Hopefully, he doesn't gain weight and become lazy, but his talent is already there. Um, you know, you have um, Zion... Um, uh, Zion Richards, I believe, um, just came back from uh, came back from Brazil about a year and a half ago, playing with Corinthians. He went over to Spain. Um, you know, Pro Star sent him over to Spain. Um, you have Remedi Lapi. Uh, he's the guy from Albania. All these guys need to be on New York Nine. Like before they go back over there, why? Like they're riddled with you know the viruses. Why, why are these guys even going back? Yeah, they have the option to stay. Like they should have a pipeline to get in there and yeah. and cultivate them. Yeah. And sell them if you want to, or keep them. But that's where they should be going. And me calling around to try to get names of coaches to say, hey, you know, can we get these guys? And they should be able to come in. Their yeah. CV is good enough to. Oh, they played in Europe. Okay, fine. We'll give them a look. Yeah, that's simple. It's not hard. And we're, we're going to lose them. We're ready. Lappy already played for the Albanian national team. Played against Italy actually, and they won. U15, U16. You want to lose him too? Manchester for Manchester City player, you can lose him. Isn't that crazy? It's disappointing. I'm, I'm speechless about it. That's how disappointing it is. If I were to name off a bunch of guys, like it's just, it's just insane. There's a kid that's that's going to be moving over to Germany now. He's going to go to Frankfurt. He was scouted by um, Jonathan de Guzman. Plays for um, Pro Stars as well. Mm-hmm. And his whole family's going to be moving over to Germany. We're begging them not to go, but they're going to go anyways, regardless. And I guarantee you, he's going to want to play for Germany. Yeah. He's going to Frankfurt. Where is he? Why is he not on the U15, U16, U17 national team? I don't understand. Like, what's going on here? Why are they not capped? I don't, I don't get it. Because they're not in the specific places yeah. where certain people want them to be in order to be on certain teams. All politics. Yeah. All politics. Yeah. Not playing in the right league. Not playing for Vancouver or for, uh, you know, uh, TFC or for, you know, Montreal Impact. And if you're not coming through them, then you need to go through their farm system, whatever they choose. And if that ain't working out, they're not going to see you. You don't exist. They need to change that. Yeah, they need to big time. They're disqualifying so much talent. 
by just not looking into like anyone. I don't care if a SAC league team, which I don't know if it exists anymore, or a USL, whatever, whatever. Anyone, any league that you play for, if you're good, you're on my team. I'm taking you right away. I don't care where you play because you are good enough. That's the point. So if my poo poo team uh, over there can beat TFC, TFC needs to be looking at all my players, and the national team needs to be looking at all my players and helping me. Hey, how did you do this? Not, oh, damn, you don't have your UEFA license and you created this talent. That makes us look bad. Therefore, I'm not going to recognize you. It's ridiculous. If I'm an ex-Croatian old fart that played in Croatia for 20 years and I came back, I came to this country and I started to live and I trained my son and I started coaching his team and they all became amazing and I don't have my A license, don't, don't tell me that I can't coach. That's not fair. Why? Why? What are you going to tell me? What, what, what are you going to tell me? About what? What do you know about Croatia and playing in the top league? What do you know about the national team? Where have you played? What have you done? You don't know how to lay the cones down properly. No, <laughs> you don't know anything. You don't know how to lay it down properly. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Sorry, Zidane. You know, like, impossible. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And so that's where I come from, where it's like, look, man, we've created some great talent. And, like, look at the names. Jonathan de Guzman, created by his dad, not a UEFA Cup. Okay. So, uh, you know, Julian de Guzman, created by his dad, not. All the talent that is, like, the talent that we talk about today. Um, Atiba Hutchinson, created by his dad. His dad used to coach Chinakuzi, used to coach Brampton, created by his dad. Did you take credit for that? You're still begging him to play for the national team. Damn near 40. So what do you have to say about that? Maybe you should go hire his dad. Maybe instead of, okay, if you want the, the head coach to be, uh, to be the head coach, you know, and have the UEFA license, no problem, because you want to make sure people are qualified or whatever. Can you please have them as assistants then? Maybe trainers? Have yeah. them on the pitch? Some advisors? Maybe? That are not British? You know? you. Not, no problem there? Can they be on the pitch? Is there a law that says you can't be on the pitch if you don't have a certain license? Can you can you can you cultivate some kind of uh, relationship through York Nine with these small places that give you talent? Can you cultivate a relationship where you say, "Hey, look, we're going to have a relationship with you. Where when you have a good one, we're going to let them come in, train with us for a bit, and send them back down with you, and see how we see how we goes." Instead of having like a lock key environment where you got to know somebody to know somebody, and if you don't know somebody, then too bad. You're going to have bad talent on the team. It should be an open door policy. It should be, but it isn't. That's what they need to change. Wow. Well. <laughs> Did I say too much? That being said, no, definitely not. We, it, it flew by. It flew by. It flew by. We, uh, that's Dave Simpson from Pro Stars, former professional. We can't thank you enough for being here. No problem. Um, loved everything you said today. Great. We, we, this is the discussion we wanted to have. Yeah. And this is the discussion that needs to be had in Canada regarding the cracks the big cracks are more like speaking about cracks by the way just wanted to say one more thing okay there, we need to issue apologies for everybody that was coached uh by that national team coach that was addicted to uh you know that substance do you remember what his name is uh, paul james ah uh, ruined a lot of careers that guy he was my uh manager at uh, york university wow yeah yeah how do, how do you get that job wow Lots of success on that coaching, eh? Did really well with the national team and the U19 team and the U17. Yeah, he did really well. No, he didn't. How do you get that job? See? Like, that, that's yeah. what I mean. And, and we need to issue apologies. And we need to start mending some wounds because there was some great talent that was under him. And I literally did not want to. I quit the national team because I knew he was going to be my head coach. And he brought me in and we were doing some serious. I could not believe what he was telling those guys to do. 
the runs that he was making them make in training was insane. He killed people like Chris Williams and uh, like the people that got through him survived. Like Chris Posniak had to go through him. There needs to be issued apologies from the national team for hiring him and for keeping him and, and, and also protecting him. There, we need to start saying we've made some mistakes, we're being honest, and this is how we're moving forward so that this doesn't happen again. Because there's guys that are abusing kids. Now, I'm not talking yeah. about in that way. I'm talking about mentally yeah. and killing their career. We need to apologize and say sorry for all the guys that were in the, 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 the U20 team that Paul James coached, all of them, and for what he did because we were wrong. Sorry, I had to get that in there no, because 100%. I know that those guys are going to be listening and, and they need to know that, you know, I, I apologize on behalf of him and on, on behalf of the Canadian national team because, you know, I felt that that force as well. Absolutely. You know, and it has an impact. So sorry about that. Sorry for interrupting your No, that's, that, no, very yeah. well said. We, we're totally with you on that. So thank you for that. Thanks once again for joining us and uh, thanks everyone for, for listening. We uh, appreciate the support. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Ciao ragazzi.